get it going. It's time to get up. You don't apologize for having great goaltending. I would argue that the fact this team has relied on Bezin the type goaltending for the past two seasons probably tells you something about how the team's constructed. You don't have to apologize for getting it, but relying on it on a nightly basis is a different conversation. These guys are here to break it all down. Edmonton hangs on for a 2-1 verdict, and the Oilers have pulled into a first-place tie with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. This is the starting lineup. Here's James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski. Rise and shine, Metro Vancouver. It is game day here on this Friday, March 19th. This is the starting lineup here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. James Sabolski here, Perry Solkowski there. Greg Ballack on the other side of the glass, kicking it with you until 9 o'clock this morning on 650 on the AM dial at 96.9 in HD, crystal clear, HD3 that is. And you can also find us streaming on the Sportsnet app. Dunbar Lumber text line always open for business at 650-650. Remember, 730 this morning, we'll play fair or foul. Always welcome your takes and submissions. And you can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Sportsnet650. You can find me at James Sabalski. You can find Perry at P. Solkowski. Jam-packed show for the next three hours as the madness kind of kicked off last night. And the Canucks, well, the madness has been going on all month, Pear. And it comes down to the biggest game of the year, at least in their schedule tonight with the Montreal Canadiens for the first to two. Pal, we, we got the weekend. We've got the tournament, and we've got the Habs. And that's really all you need for your sports fix as to what will happen, you know, whatever your desire is. But it comes down to, you know, for me, and I think for so many others, you go over in the next 48 hours, you're in some serious trouble. You pick up one, the conversation continues. You pick up two, and all of a sudden you just go, you know what, I think they've kind of dug themselves out of that hole and you can watch some hockey, keep playing at a good rate, and the playoffs are not a, a fictitious conversation that many seem to think it is. It certainly was three weeks ago. It's become a little more relevant if they can get things done tonight, starting in Montreal. Okay, Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada drops by in an hour. We'll talk to Ron. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are going to head to Montreal and talk to Brian Weil from Global in just a moment. Scoreboard watching. Not on the Canucks side last night, Pear. So I guess the begs well, the question: Like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you looking at if you're trying to identify which team you're hoping to catch in the race for the playoffs? I don't think you're catching the Leafs, right? Like the Leafs, that is that is you know that is out of that is out of reach. But the Oilers last night, who have played as many games as the Vancouver Canucks, that was probably the team you were keeping close tabs on because there was a six-point gap had they lost last night, but instead they pick up the win. That's an eight-point gap. That feels that feels massive. That feels unattainable, despite the fact that you're within the division, but that did not lend uh, for any sort of favors for the Canucks last night. When you look at the Jets, who are they're only six points ahead of the Canucks, but they've also got three games in hand. It seems to change every week, with the exception of Ottawa. Who is the team I'm cheering for? Should we be surprised that the Oilers are now sitting where they are at the top of the standings with the Leafs? They were the best team in Canada last year. I think we wanted to see some changes made to their goaltending situation. They didn't, but Tyson Perry has come in and done all that. So I'm not convinced that the Oilers may not end up where they are. The Leafs with games in hand. 
you know, I like Winnipeg. I think you're a fan of Winnipeg. Right now, James, I think it's easy. People got to look over the next couple of weeks and go, okay, I want to be an Edmonton Oilers fan because when the Montreal Canadiens are finished with the Vancouver Canucks, their week next week is Edmonton, Edmonton, Edmonton. So I think you have to be on the Edmonton bandwagon and go, okay, Edmonton and Toronto, we're not going to catch them because we need them to beat the team we're chasing. You know, so now it changes, but I do think it, it's Winnipeg, the team that you got to go, okay, they've got to get into a little bit of a funk. You're not counting. You're, not, ca- you're not catching Winnipeg. Like, that is not – like, I well, would sooner and take so my it, chances against – I'd sooner take my chances against the Oilers still, even though it's probably nah. – like, even that's eight points. Look, I would. I, I still think Montreal's got the games in hand, and I still think that the Jets are the better team than – I think the Jets will ultimately land in second place in this division. I don't see the Jets as the team that you're catching. Montreal's, they, listen, those three teams, Toronto and Winnipeg, you're not catching them. So any version of them against anybody else, you need them winning. Montreal's the team you're catching. It's, it's as simple as that. It's the team that you take terrible against. You have to, you're in control of what you can do with Montreal, and you got to root for the other teams, right? That's what it's going to be. Forget about Calgary. It's going to be Montreal, Vancouver, and Calgary, the four, three teams that are going to be fighting for what that fourth playoff spot is going to be. Uh, before we kind of dive into uh, from the Habs standpoint, should also mention our Sportsnet Hockey Insider, Elliot Friedman, kind of with a drive-by nugget uh, of information here this morning on our sister station, Sportsnet 590, the fan, about where things are at with Tanner Pearson. Didn't look good for Tanner Pearson, who left the game early against the Senators the other night. Here's Elliot on 590, the fan in Toronto this morning. Have a listen. To me this year, you know, the risk makes sense for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I know people have mentioned about Pearson before. I'm not crazy about what I'm hearing about his injury. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a short one. Uh, so I think that's a factor too. But generally, you know, you got to know, sometimes in your life, you just have to go for it. And in the Toronto Maple Leafs life, that time is now. So there's Elliot uh, talking about, hey, the window kind of being – uh, the year for the Leafs to go all in, Tanner Pearson rumbled to be a name out there and also a local product from those parts, but doesn't sound like this is a short-term thing. Pair, we're three weeks out from the NHL trade deadline. For a lot of people that have been talking about the Canucks selling, this doesn't bode well for trying to move an expiring contract before the trade deadline. And I, I, don't, I don't think you can blame Jim Benning on this one, right? Like I know some people probably will blame Jim Benning for the injury, but this is one I don't think he can pin on Jim. But it's bad timing for the Canucks if they were looking indeed to try to move Tanner Pearson. Boy, it's bad luck. And if the Leafs were looking at it, then you're really risking it if you're Kyle Dubas and go, you know what? Uh, if he's back in four weeks, we'll make the trade for the injured player. Uh, that would be a risk I wouldn't want. But, you know, think about it. If Tanner Pearson was gone for Jimmy VC in a pick, would people have been upset with that kind of a deal for Jim Benning? Going, well, they got rid of him and they got a pick and they got a body. You know, do you look at it like that? Because I think the injection this team got from Tyler Mott two days ago, they'll get that little bit of a spark tonight when when Vesey makes his, uh, VC makes his appearance tonight against the Habs. So, Listen, I'm not a massive Tanner Pearson guy in the role he plays here in Vancouver. Can he help you go to a Stanley Cup if you've got him in a bottom six role, which Toronto would? Sure, but I don't know. Are you? Who's making a deal for injured goods? And you go, hey, before he got hurt, he oh yeah, scored once in 11. So, man, you got to have some love for Tanner Pearson if you're making that deal. Nobody. Nobody's making a no deal for, for injured goods uh, unless it's a very, very low-risk pick uh, if there's a thought that he might be back at some point in the playoffs come May 
along those lines. But uh, So it begs the question tonight. Look, it is the Montreal Canadiens, a team that has absolutely kicked Vancouver's teeth in uh, in seven games this season. The good news is the Canucks are done with the Habs after this weekend, after tomorrow. So 4 o'clock puck drop this afternoon for the first of two and do you go with Thatcher Demko? I am of the opinion, Pear, you got four games before you get to the break here for the Canucks next Wednesday. You got to find a window at some point to get Braden Holtby back in here. You got to give Holtby one of these two games here over the next two nights. Lots of people jumping in. We threw it up as a poll question on Twitter, Sportsnet 650. Uh, people are leaning your way. I'm not that guy. Right now, 55% of them are saying you've got to play Holtby play one of these games. I say, James, he does not get the start tonight. You go with the hottest guy in the NHL and you play him. It's not anyone's fault. He's hot. And if he's healthy, he plays. And then if he wins tonight, it's completely up to Thatcher Demko and Ian Clark. Travis Green goes, you tell me what I'm doing. Are you playing again on Saturday? Desperate time. Season's on the line. I want my best player. Thatcher Demko is the MVP of this, MVP of this team. He gets to play. Unconventional thinking. But I'm playing him. Damn the injuries. If they happen, they happen. We'll see what Corey Hurst says at 8 o'clock. But I'm playing Thatcher Demko until he's done. Well, but how do, how do you feel if he does get hurt? Well, you risked it, right? I mean, how do you feel if Tanner Pearson gets hurt and you're thinking he might be the guy who's going to be traded? It's bad luck, right? He's not going to go into it and goes, I kind of tweaked something. Maybe I shouldn't play. You have to trust the athlete to say, no, I feel fine. I'm not going to push it through. It's not a playoff situation. But if he feels healthy... You play it. I mean, you can't go through life, but what if? No, you play him and see if you can put yourself back into this race. So the whole notion since the season began was you are going to need two goaltenders this year because of the compressed schedule, Mm -hmm. right? And hope they play well. Sure. I think you hope that with every goaltender across the league. But here it is that Braden Holpe, yes, I think Braden Holpe has been exactly what he's been for the last two years in Washington, right? He has been subpar. He hasn't been the Braden Holpe that won people over around the league for the several years and ultimately won a Stanley Cup. But Braden Holpe has not played since March 2nd. So if Braden Holpe doesn't get one of these two games in, then you go another week without Braden Holpe playing, and then you'll go another week without Braden Holpe playing because now you're into the month of April. So now you're talking about sitting a goaltender for over a month before there's another back-to-back in early April for the Vancouver Canucks. And that would probably be the most likely scenario when you have another window to get Braden Holpe in. I don't like the idea of sitting a goaltender and a guy who's got that much experience on the bench for a month. I get that he's been subpar. I get how good Thatcher Demko is. But at some point, like you committed $9 million to Braden Holpe for this particular reason. And at some point, you got to go back to what you got and give Thatcher Demko a break. If Braden Holpe is watching that much hockey, that means you're winning all these games. That that means at some point you've created yourself a little bit of a comfort zone to say, hey, take the night off. This is what Braden Holpe's been paid the money for. He hasn't played a lot, but he's got all that experience. Thatcher Demko keeps on winning and is healthy. You keep on playing him. Yes, it's not traditional. You needed two goalies. I don't think there's a big issue in Montreal. I don't think Carey Price is going back-to-back because Jake Allen has been exactly what they wanted. Holpe hasn't been, and Demko hadn't been either. But now that Demko is hot, you just ride Thatcher Demko until he is done. 
And more Let's people are leaning do. my way just as we had this conversation. More people are on that. Demko plays both. That's the way you have to do it right now. You have to coach desperate hockey. Well, I mean, here you are in the middle. Okay, but if you're going desperate hockey between now and the middle of May, that's two months. That's a lot of desperate hockey to look at a young goaltender and say, yeah, but, all right, go, keep going, keep running, keep no, running, but, keep running, keep going. James, if he hasn't played in two months, that means this team has won a whole bunch of hockey games. The hockey's not as desperate anymore because you've put yourself back into the equation and might be sitting in a playoff spot. You go, you know what? That just take a couple days off here. We're good to go, and we're, we're content with Braden Holpe will give us. So you're not playing two months in a row. You're playing to the point where you're back in the picture, and then you can go, hey, we're going to give you a night off. It's been too much hockey for you. Uh, you know, DJ Smith had some high praise about Thatcher Demko in terms of what he, what he has done. And you look at the numbers, my goodness, uh, you know, 951 save percentage so far in the month of March. Uh, you know, you look at what he has done. It is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, also, clear sight analytics. Uh, they track goaltenders. Unbelievable stat. How good has Thatcher Demko been? Kevin Woodley had this on Twitter. And actually, there's a great soundbite from Kevin Woodley we'll get to coming up later on this hour. But just how good has Thatcher Demko been? Uh, 17.2 goals saved above expected. All right. Yeah. To put that into context, so he's been given credit for stopping at least 17 plus goals, and that's second only to Mark Andre Fleury this season. It's almost four goals ahead of Andre Vashlevsky, who I think a lot of people would look at as the best goaltender in hockey. But that just tells you how critically good Thatcher Demko has been this month alone. Well, and it also exposes, uh, you know, your weakness of your defensive deficiencies, right? I mean, it's great. And you had Woodley on, and we, we played him in the opening. It's, hey, he's your guy. You're paying him. He's wearing your uniform. Is he making that save? That's fantastic. But you, you're not winning. You know, the odds are the streak doesn't continue if you're giving up those kind of chances and the goalie's making those kind of saves of what were expected goal chances, right? It can happen. Um, and, and they haven't been good. They weren't great in Ottawa. But they're getting the wins. But you but play Perry, like you did against. This isn't a surprise. But this isn't a surprise. No. Like this is this team's mo. Like last year in the bubble, right? It was the same thing. Last year in the regular season, it was Jacob Markstrom who covered up for a lot of defense defensive deficiencies for this club. Like they rely on good goaltending. That's it's as simple as that. Brian Wild from Global in Montreal joins us uh, bright and early this morning as uh, the Montreal Canadiens, yes, the kryptonite for the Canucks this season, uh, joins us bright and early this morning. Brian, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you guys? Excellent. Thank you. Uh, so it's been what? It's been about three weeks now since Dominic Ducharme took over for Claude Julien. And you kind of look at the numbers and the Habs have kind of just been, eh. I mean, they're getting points in a lot of games, but they've just kind of been just so, so, so far. How do you assess it? Yeah, I mean, they haven't changed a lot. The big difference has been Carey Price. Uh, his January was something around 880 and his February was something around 890 and his March is 950. So they changed the goaltending coach as well, getting rid of Stefan Wayton, bringing in Sean Burke. And that's been the biggest difference is just far better goaltending. But you're right, because when you look at the record, it doesn't seem to be uh, that much better goaltending, which averages out over 30 shots to, you know, two better per game saved. Uh, it hasn't made much of a difference on the record. And part of that problem is their overtime issues. Right? They're, they're horrendous. <laughs> they're just brutal. And they're 0-8. Brian, uh, it's a hockey team that, you know, we looked at and thought there were some similarities in the sense that, yeah, you, you've added some really nice pieces that have been incredible. 
but you're also going to go as far as the, you know, the Kokanyemis and the Suzuki's played. Have you seen like we have where, hey, there's going to be a struggle with young NHLers? Has their consistency in their play been what most in, in Montreal had thought would happen? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before the season started, everybody was very excited about the acquisitions, and I was very adamant that this was going to come down to, you're exactly right, Perry, this was going to come down to the center of the ice like it always does. I've had a saying for about 20 years, I keep repeating over and over, win the middle, win the game. And uh, in this North Division, it is hard to win the middle. I mean, you you watch some teams. They, you guys got, I mean, one is injured now, but you guys got strength at the middle. Uh, of course, McDavid and Dreisaitl and RNH, if they even put him there up the middle, and Matthews and Tavares. I mean, just everywhere is really great up the middle. So you're right. Suzuki and Kakinyemi, 21 years of age, 20 years of age. There are going to be some big-time growing pains there. Uh, sometimes they're real good, and then sometimes they look overwhelmed and uh, fatigued by the actual, you know, many games that there are on this schedule, three and four, four and six, five and eight. And by the end of five and eight, they just look completely overwhelmed. Uh, but when they're on, uh, the team wins, and when they're not on, the team loses. So I agree with your assessment right there when – it's down the middle for this team. When those two guys are going uh, and showing that they have a bright future, then so do the Canadians show that. But when they're off, trouble. Well, Brian Weil from uh, Global in Montreal here with us this morning on Sportsnet 650. That kind of speaks to the one glaring hole, I guess, when you talk about the Canadians is that I love their depth because if you go bullpen, bullpen by committee, you probably count eight or nine guys that have the capabilities to get you 20-plus in a conventional 82-game season, Brian. But mm-hmm. it, that was the one thing that people kind of looked at with this roster where you like the blue line, you like what you got in goal, but there's no alpha dog up front. And it feels like these last six weeks have kind of really been the squeeze for the Montreal Canadiens here because of that lack of alpha, like the Pierre-Luc Dubois, if you will, that, that can kind of look at as your franchise guy up front. Yeah, you guys are hitting it right on the right on the head this morning. I agree 100% with that assessment. And when you come to the playoffs, you look who wins championships. It's guys with the alpha dogs. Yeah, uh, We know what happens in the playoffs. The bench gets shortened. The best guys get more ice time. And those teams that have depth don't really get to show that depth anymore. So the Canadians, I think, are kind of made to be a little bit better in the regular season they, than they are in the playoffs. Uh, because when you know Austin Matthews gets even more ice time, it's not going to really matter if Nick Suzuki gets a little more ice time. Uh, and that's what you see, too, in the overtime. They're 0-8. Uh, and, I mean, they could be right up there with uh, Winnipeg and uh, Edmonton and Toronto right now if they weren't 0-8 in overtime. But when it gets to 3-on-3, three three, you look at your opposition, um, you know, and, and it's Matthews and Nurse and Dreisaitl, and you're trotting out there Philip Deneau all the time. <laughs> it's not going to work. Yeah. So uh, the superstar elite status guys, uh, they just don't have. And it's been a 20-year look at center position for that. And they're hoping that one of these kids uh, develops into a point-per-game player. But it's still going to be a challenge. I think Suzuki's got the better chance there. Uh, but still, that's a hell of a challenge, point-per-game. And in and, and the long run, uh, you know, that's why I think in some instances, though you don't see it this morning, uh, Vancouver is a little bit better set up than Edmonton in the long run because you got that alpha, uh, even though he's uh, got a mysterious injury right now. And you got an alpha on the blue line, even though he struggles defensively a little bit. I'd rather have the guy with a ton of talent that only has to figure it out strength-wise and a little bit better mental decisions. Um, 
than what the Canadians have in their pipeline. So, yeah, that's what this team has lacked for a long, long time, you guys, and they still lack it. They're getting better, and you're right, the depth is good. But on the overall, they still lack that star status all over the ice except in goal. And I've always maintained star status and goal isn't exactly what everybody thinks it is. I think it's more just about uh, being hot at the right time if you want playoff success. You you know, Brian, you mentioned a couple times, 0-8 in overtime. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of points left, and that's the case. And sometimes, you know, those kind of stats can be skewed, and you can go, that's bad luck. You know, in overtime against Ottawa the other night, I don't think the, the Canucks touched the puck for the first three minutes, and they still pull it out when the shootout win. Has that 0-8 really been indicative of the fact that on three-on-three, the Habs just have not been the better team and they, they really didn't go, oh, we had a couple goalposts and should have had it? Or is that kind of indicative of how their overtime has been? It's been indicative. They deserve that 0-8, 100%. They've been horrible. Um, <laughs> they, just, uh, they just don't have the star power. It's, it's just uh, they've been pathetic. Um, there have been stretches where uh, they haven't touched the puck for two and a half minutes. And then they decided once that they were going to uh, uh, try to alleviate that problem by hanging onto the puck. So they actually had it for two and a half minutes themselves once in overtime. You know how that gets with possession. But they just stayed in their own zone the entire time and just kept circling around there, uh, which was the dullest overtime I've ever seen. They just really don't have the star power. They just don't have the talent. And um, even if they did have the talent, they don't use the talent. I mean, they had Shea Weber playing three-on-three. I mean, we all know how Shea Weber skates at the age of 35. I mean, he's still good in front of the net. He still bangs bodies around, gets away with uh, a ton of cross-checking all the time that nobody ever calls in front of the net. Uh, But he can't skate. What's he doing in three-on-three overtime? You know, it's a track meet. (laughs) And they just don't have the track meet stars. They just don't have the manpower. So they trot out uh, Shea Weber. They trot out Ben Sherratt. Uh, they trot out Phil Deneau to win the face-off as if that's going to matter in the long run. Uh, and you can keep possession for so long that Phil Deneau uh, makes a difference. The best example is Winnipeg. They played the Jets in overtime, and I think they've lost already three times to the Jets in overtime. And they barely touched the puck. Uh, and you know the Jets had the best top six forwards probably in the league, right? So they go three forwards, and then they follow it up with three forwards. And the Canadians uh, are trying to handle that speed and talent with uh, Shea Weber and Ben Chirac and Phil Deneau up front. We all know how that's going to end. They, they deserve to be horrible. Brian, you've given all the listeners hope. You've given us hope in Vancouver. Hey, uh, well, nice to are, catch up. You know, you're four or five, and, you know, and you've, you're missing your, your best player. Like, when, they, when the Canadians were destroying you at the start of the season, how many regulars were you missing on the blue line? I think it was three, and at one point it was four. Yeah, for a couple of those games, you're right. Yeah, with Hamannick so, gone, yeah, I mean, they, they come were. On. You so. take four, you take four members out of the Habs blue line. I think it's going to go pretty poorly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Man, it's a massive 48 hours for for the Canucks. Hey, nice to catch up with you again. We appreciate the insight as to what's going on in Montreal. My pleasure, you guys. Anytime. Boy, Brian Wild is, uh, you know, that's the Habs fans. Hey, James, it's just like they expect an awful lot, and uh, not, not. Well, there was a lot like expected of this team. I, I guess depending yeah. on who, who, I guess depending on who you looked at. I, I looked at that Montreal team, and it's funny. He's kind of suggesting that this team's more built for the for the regular season than they are the playoffs. 
but this is a team that's also had their warts. They've shown them glaring in the sense that they don't have that alpha up front. The one encouraging yeah. thing that the Montreal Canadiens have had going for them is their $10 million ticket. Carey Price mm-hmm. has been much better this month as well. I mean, we've raved about Thatcher Demko. I don't know if the results have necessarily reflected that for the Montreal Canadiens, but Carey Price has been much better in recent weeks. And you look at the results and the outcomes of the game. Pair, since Dominic Ducharme took over, they've played 11 games. They picked up points in eight of them. It doesn't mean that they've won all of them, but they picked up points in eight of them. They've lost a lot of 2-1 3-1 games, 3-2s, like they've been right there. But they're low-scoring games. Price has given them a chance as he's kind of found his game again. That's critical for the Habs. Well, and I understand Brian's point about overtime, and maybe you don't want Shea Weber out there in overtime, but I'll take Shea Weber for 25, 26 minutes, 5-on-5. Five five. You know, I'll take him out there for the 60 minutes. Yeah, he's smart. His first step still is in his head and the way he plays. I mean, they're built better for 5-on-5 five five hockey than overtime. But, uh yeah, he makes a fair point. We look at those records early on, and we do forget how banged up the Canucks were when they were losing. They were just bad, simply bad, and the Habs ran roughshod over them. Uh, we'll see if they get that better effort tonight. All right, uh, 24 minutes after 6 o'clock here on this Friday morning. He's Perry Solkowski. I'm James Sabolski. 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. A lot of you jumping in on the Demko-Holtby debate. We'll get to more of that in uh, coming up in just a moment as uh, somebody suggesting that uh, I might sprain my tongue if I just keep talking the way I'm going right now. So uh, we'll get to that. Plus, boy, if you've ever wondered why the CFL might sell their souls to the devil and make a deal with the XFL, I got 10 billion reasons why. And I'll explain to that next right here on your home of the Canucks. It's game day. Sportsnet 650. Take nothing away from Thatcher Demko. He might be as hot of a goalie as there is in the National Hockey League right now from from our point of view from the goalies we've seen he looks confident he looks square he, he looks unbeatable at times and uh, you know give him full full marks in this division to do what he's doing he's giving them a chance to win every night this is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650 there's uh, Ottawa Senators coach DJ Smith on the Scott Rintoul show yesterday here on Sportsnet 650 with glowing praise for Thatcher Demko and why not? 951 save percentage here in the month of March and if you are an optimistic Canucks fan and somehow have some hope in your mindset, you got to give Thatcher Demko thanks and praise because he's the guy who has almost single-handedly brought this team back from the bottom and suddenly flirting with the idea of trying to chase a playoff spot despite the fact that the numbers remain against them, but six of seven over the last seven games. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski here on this Friday morning. Ron McLean will join us just after 7 o'clock this morning from Hockey Night in Canada, but it is game day as the Canucks and the Habs get set to roll and pair a lot of people uh, split. Jumping in on this poll question, we're asking Holtby Demko, do you give Braden Holpe a shot here, one of these two back-to-backs for the Habs and the Canucks? I shouldn't be surprised that, that it's this close because you and I differ on opinion. So you got two people, let's split it 50-50. We've got hundreds of people, and they're the same way. Uh, there's 52% of the people going on to the poll question. Sports at 650, give us your vote. 52% say Holpe's got to start one game. And then obviously 48% say it's Demko. That's the belief. I mean, let's go back a couple years to Jordan Bennington. 
He was unbelievable in how that St. Louis Blues team made their run. And I'm not saying Stanley Cup-wise, but just made that run to get to the postseason. Sometimes you are going to get a goalie that is in a zone. Thatcher Demko is not going to play like this for the next couple of months. He may not play like this tonight if you play him. But take full advantage of it. If he's playing that way, let your game get better in front of him. And then you can go to Holtby. But for now, you've got the two biggest games of the year. To me, he's playing both unless he's terrible tonight if he gets to start and loses. I just don't see how you can sit there and ice another goaltender for a month here in the schedule, the way it kind of lays out here. Uh, 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Holtby is useless. Play Demko. That from Steven. Uh, another one coming in here. Oh, boo-hoo, James. You play well. You get ice time. This is the National League. Richard also chiming in. It is like not playing Louis Erickson. Same goes for Braden Holtby. Does not matter how much we pay both non-performing players. Play Demko, and that is final. Richard, emphatic on that one there. So, uh, well, yeah. let's I, let's go with Richard. So, what if they did have a million-dollar backup, and they had rolled with the fact that you know what we think Thatcher Demko is our guy, and we're not spending four million dollars on a backup goalie. We're saving our money, and Jim Benning went and got a backup who's worth a million dollars and wasn't a guy who'd won a Stanley Cup. Would you be giving me the same conversation? You know what? Demko's playing great, but we're going to put the backup in because Demko's played too much hockey. I think not, right? I would just say history has You're, shown. Tell me the answer, yes or no. You would want your million-dollar backup in. You want Louis Domingue to play one of these games. Answer yes, that question. Yes, 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 I oh, do. Oh, that's crap. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. that's crap. No, uh, it's not. Buddy, you know what? I'll tell you why. Because there's a history here, Right. Look at this market. What happens when they have gone to the well once too often? And, yes, I get they're different athletes, they're different people, but Jacob Markstrom broke down. And you know what? Hey, this might be Thatcher Demko's gig, man. This might be his jam to be an inning eater, to be a horse, to play big minutes, bring it on, and lap it up. But we watched it in this market a year ago as Jacob Markstrom broke down twice at critical points. One in the middle of a playoff race last winter, and then again in the bubble when they leaned on him too much. Right, And the same thing happened to Markstrom again earlier this season with the Calgary Flames when he broke down again. Because what? They played him too much. The Montreal Canadiens went out and brought in Jake Allen, a proven backup and an expensive backup at that for Carey Price to help manage minutes. We're talking about a condensed, compressed schedule about a guy who has never had this opportunity to play this many games as a starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. And you're like, man, let's just keep riding him out here. I understand where you're going. I understand the logic that he's your best thing going right now for your team and it gives you a best shot to win. But at some point in time, you're going to need Braden Holtby. At some point, he's going to have to play another game of these final 23. And I don't think it's best for business for him to not play in over a month by the way the schedule sets up. Unfortunately, the way you conducted business in the first month was terrible. And you've put yourself in a predicament that if you've got the best goalie in the NHL, the hottest goalie in the NHL right now, you play him and go, all right, we're going to ride him out until he's okay. If he can get through the next 48 hours like he played back-to-back in the playoffs, you go, well, we'll be all right. It's not like Thatcher Demko couldn't walk away. And who cares? The fact that Jacob Markstrom got hurt, is that's about as relevant as the fact that you know Andrew Walker gets pink eye. Uh, who cares? He's, he's a broadcaster. Remember, it doesn't matter. They're different guys. Thatcher Demko will know his body. And if you had Louis Domingue as your backup, there is no way in hell 
that this fan base and Travis Green would go, you know, yeah, it's Saturday night. Uh, Thatcher won a game. Why are you on giving Friday. me Louis Domingue, though? It's Braden Holpe, a guy who's won a Vesna, uh, a guy who's won a Stanley Cup. Like, where it's not Louis Domingue, though. No, but I'm saying you're playing it because, well, you have to have a guy who's a backup. You play him because he's your best goalie right now. As the people have pointed out, you play him because he's your best goalie. You don't worry about he hasn't played for a month. If you keep on winning, he might be able to play three or four games in a row because Demko's played so well, this team is back in a playoff conversation. Ride Thatcher Demko. It's the NHL. It's all about results. Not like, are you tired? Do you want to rest tonight? You play him if he's okay. Okay, we're playing Stat Me Up in just a couple of minutes, but time for today's edition of Seaball Says. You know, I was like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. Seaball Says on Sportsnet 650. So the NHL announced earlier this month that they were going back on ESPN starting next year, signing a seven-year deal with America's sports media Goliath. And it was worth roughly $400 million annually. You know, when you add in the reports that there could be another U.S. broadcaster in the mix, along with the TV revenue from this side of the border from Rogers Media, our parent company here at Sportsnet 650, NHL's looking at an annual windfall of somewhere in the neighborhood of a billion dollars annually. That's incredible, considering that about 15 years ago, NHL was getting about $150 million each year for their TV deal from both sides of the border. That is a huge sign of growth for the NHL. Enter the National Football League. Oh, my view, would you? Oh, gotcha. The biggest sports league on the planet announced their new television deal yesterday, and it's a mammoth landing well over $100 billion. Yeah, actually, it's $113 billion to be exact. So the deal begins in 2022. Every major player has a piece of the pie. Amazon Prime takes over Thursday nights, while CBS, Fox, and NBC keep the good times rolling on Sundays. Monday still covered by ESPN. Deal works out to over $10 billion annually. That's actually $4, million, $4 billion more than they were getting annually before this new deal. But this isn't a knock on the NHL, okay? In fact, if you combine what the NHL, Major League Baseball, NBA, UFC, and EPL and American deal, what they all bring in with TV money, it still works out to be about $4 billion less than what Roger Goodell's teams bring in annually for their screen time. And while it's a reminder that the NFL is still boss, it's also a peek into realizing why the XFL continues to chase a sliver of that pie and why the Canadian Football League might completely reinvent themselves with a collaboration with Dwayne The Rock Johnson's real-life version of Ballers. 1% of that annual TV deal. 1% of that annual NFL TV piece of pie is $100 million. That is roughly double what the CFL gets annually in Canada. 
Now, despite the concerns of declining revenues in the media landscape, the NFL reminded everyone that people still love their football and why the CFL might sell its soul for a piece of the pie. Money talks, people, and as the Million Dollar Man once told us, everybody's got a price. So if you wonder why the CFL might sell its soul, follow the money. And that's today's Seaball Slice. You know, our friend Arash Madani, when he joined us last week, and Arash has worked in the CFL, uh, knows probably the inner workings better than most media. And has such a love for it that, you know, the fear for a rash is the fact that, yeah, they, they find the money, James, and then you're, you're finished with it when all of a sudden the money's done. When all of a sudden the money is pulled, the plug is pulled, they don't care about this Canadian game that's coming to the States. I think the CFL will always be around. If this doesn't work, if you go grab the cash and it doesn't work, you believe in your fan base and you can do it. But you're right. It's like going to that nightclub or going to that restaurant and it's packed. But, you know, you go a block farther down, there's another nightclub. They go, oh, I'll go in. And you, there's enough business there for you because you're right beside the popular place. NFL, there's business for somebody. Nobody's figured it out, but they've been trying to for the last 30 years. Perry, like I said, 1% of that annual TV deal is $100 million. 1%. It's insane. 6.42, Ron McLean just after 7 o'clock. Tons of people jumping in on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 6.50, 6.50. We'll get to those as well. And in a moment, we're crunching the numbers. We play Stat Me Up next here on your home of the Canucks. It's game day on Sportsnet 6.50. Grab your calculators because it's time to Stat Me Up on the starting lineup. Here's James Cebulski, Perry Solkowski, and the million-dollar man, Scott Brown. 6.47 here on this Canucks game day. James Perry kicking it with you and the million-dollar man, Scott Brown, from Fifth Avenue Real Estate and Marketing. Before I get to my numbers, Scotty, let me ask you this. As a diehard Seahawks fan, would you have taken that Bears offer? <laughs> no, but I was wondering, okay, so where's gonna, where am I going to hang this Bears jersey? <laughs> follow Russ, huh? Yeah. Follow so Russ. Last fr- by the way, happy last Friday of winter. That's fantastic. Yes, yeah, that's oh, right. Spring this weekend. Spring yeah. this weekend. Uh, guys, I'm going to start it off. A guy who's had a spring in his step for the last calendar year, Tyler Toffoli. Toe drag around, band into the slot with a backhand shot. He scores. Tyler Toffoli again. You know what? Uh, listen, you, you can say I'm wrong all the time. You can argue with whether you play Demko. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's got uh, more goals than everyone in the NHL since March 1st, 2020, uh, than two other players. Third in the league. And I still just go, ah, really? Like, is he that good? Are his hands that good? And I'm sure I'll see it again tonight. Man, the guy has been on a tear. He can snipe. Give him a half second. And it's in the back of the net. Let's hope we don't see it just as Canucks fans have seen it. And it's not just Vancouver fans because he's put up some big numbers March to March. Now, granted, there was a lot of space in between there, but he started great for the Canucks and a great start again, of course, for Montreal. Oh, my gosh. And how many times people have said, like, oh, he hasn't been, you know, he's only scored against the Canucks. You can't say that anymore. He's been good this year. Yeah. Scotty, what do you got? I'm wondering if a retired Bobby Clark is watching that and trying to tweet the Canucks some tips on how to slow him down a little bit. 
How about a little tap? Take him out for a week. Oh, you're going 1972 here. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'm on that team. I'm going to stick with my stat today. 100 as in percent. Got it. From the left circle to the goal. He scores. Beat Gustafson between the legs. So I'm watching that game the other night, and I'm kind of thinking to myself, and this is on the Demko theme, how come as a Canuck fan I used to dread the shootout? So I started pulling up Luongo's shootout stats and kind of got a bit of a sense of it. Um, so this far, the Canucks in 2021 have been in overtime five times. They've lost twice in overtime, but their winning per- percentage thus far is three times what the three times they've been in a shootout is 100%. Uh, I don't recall that kind of success you know, for some time. I look back, last year's COVID shorted one, six overtime losses. Went to shootout seven times. Canucks were four and three in the shootout. But Demko won two of the four. Hmm. Seems that when Thatcher's between the posts, I don't fear the shootout reaper. Hmm. Don't fear the reaper, man. That was that was it. Like there was no there was no sense of worry watching that for the Canucks to win this uh, in that shootout Wednesday night. I, I, Demko's just been that good. Yeah. Well, he's had all that practice with all his odd man and breakaways early. Yeah, yeah, good point. High <laughs> yeah. Perc- high, yeah, high, high, high traffic or high percentage saves. Uh, okay, uh, my number this morning five eighty. Trubisky will air it out. End zone touchdown. All right, so. 580, that was Mitchell Trubisky's winning percentage in Chicago, right? So he went 29-21 and 21 in four seasons with the Bears, and they decided to cut bait as Mitch is now off to back up Josh Allen in Buffalo. By comparison, plan B for Russell Wilson, Andy Dalton, who landed in Chicago this week, his career winning percentage is 52%. He's also 0-4 in the playoffs with one touchdown and six picks. This is not an upgrade. This is not an upgrade at the quarterback position in Chicago, boys. Uh, You know what? At some point next year, you're going to love Andy Dalton. Nope. No, okay. Just you're going to, well, you know what? Andy Dalton can read a defense and throw football. He was with Cincinnati. Those numbers are skewed. Cincinnati, they went to the playoffs four times with that team. It's not like he had chopped liver to work with. You got a draft pick look- coming for a quarterback. You're going to get excited about maybe. I think I, I think they're too far down the draft order. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm just going to get frustrated. Give us something positive, like a nice real estate stat this morning, Scotty. I'll do that. Four thousand two hundred sixty-seven. So we passed the midpoint of the month. The big story: there's not enough product. So first part of the news is listings are actually up in March, and new listings. The number of people deciding to sell their house in Greater Vancouver is on pace to shatter the highest monthly total ever, 4,267 new listings. So that I thought like that was news. my property tax bill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the most, this could basically, this is halfway through March, so this could set us up for 8,000 new listings, the most ever in a month. But here's the interesting thing. The stuff's still selling fast. It's not oversupplied. Couldn't have come a better time. March sales by my mid-month poll are also on pace to be the highest amount monthly on record as well so far in greater vancouver almost 2700 homes have sold okay to get it has to get to 5400 to be the highest ever and it's tracking that way there's still the multiple offers going on but sales in march are eclipsing the level seen at the midpoint even last year when it was a great february before of course we hit what 
uh, actually today is. Today was probably one of the official, I think March 19th or something was the day that the provincial government actually deemed our industry essential and let us keep going, but we just dove in off the cliff in terms of demand. So interest rates are low. All the industry people expect us still going to, and the finance guys expect that to hold for a while. Another interesting stat. This is one of ours, but I'm checking with our competitors. 20% of our recent homes in a couple of neighborhoods that we have sold have been to people moving here from Ontario. Just decided, oh, really? had enough, their work will let them work wherever wow. they want. Yeah. And it's, that's it's... not just here. The same thing's happening on the resale market in Kelowna and Victoria. Yeah. So we're starting to see a Canadian exodus west. Well, and Scotty, I was going to ask you, and we're up against it. You know, can you tell the people who are listing their homes now, are they reinvesting in the province? Are they heading to the Okanagan or are they leaving? I think uh, from our polling, what they're generally doing is moving one to two neighborhoods or three to four hours uh, east. They're basically taking some money off, changing their lifestyle, etc. That there's very few people moving within neighborhood. Now, some people who move within neighborhood are actually realizing it's going to get more expensive and choosing now to upgrade to more space. Scotty, have a great weekend. Nice to catch yep. up. Thanks, pal. And enjoy Good the hockey. end. Watch uh, back-to-backers. I would play Demko in both, but Greg tells me I'm Thank wrong. you, pal. Uh, your, <laughs> no, your phone, thank you, pal. Oh, your phone's cutting out there, Scott. Scotty, Sorry, you're uh, always uh, right, Scotty. Thank you for ending it on the right note. <laughs> All right, there's Scott Brown for Fifth Avenue Real Estate and Marketing, uh, crunching the numbers on Stat Me Up. Five minutes to 7 o'clock. Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada jumps in next. And a lot of you fired up already this morning on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650, screaming to play Demko. Some finally showing the sense of sanity to play Braden Holpe as well, one of these two games. So we'll get into it next year on your home of the Canucks. It's game day on Sportsnet 650. Let's get it going. It's time to get up. You don't apologize for having great goaltending. I would argue that the fact this team has relied on Bezina-type goaltending for the past two seasons probably tells you something about how the team's constructed. You don't have to apologize for getting it, but relying on it on a nightly basis is a different conversation. These guys are here to break it all down. Edmonton hangs on for a 2-1 verdict, and the Oilers have pulled into a first-place tie with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Let's have a little fun and make you a winner. Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. This is the starting lineup. Here's James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski. Two minutes after 7 o'clock, uh, we'll get to Ron McLean coming up in just a few short minutes. He's Perry Solkowski. I'm James Sabolski. Reminder, pregame show, 2 o'clock this afternoon here on Sportsnet 650. Puck drop with Batch and Hershey coming your way at 4 this afternoon with the uh, first real installment of the biggest game of the year for the Canucks. Pair, how about this? Uh, Joey Kenward just sent me this, but um, JT Miller playing his 100th game tonight. Uh, for the Canucks, and he's one point shy of a hundred for the Canucks. He's essentially been a point a game player, but man, talk about a roller coaster ride for JT Miller as a Canuck. First seventy games, love him. Next twenty games, throw him into the ocean. Last ten games, all right, let's keep him. Yeah, but. Here's the thing, you know, we were talking about uh, with Brian Wilde, the expectations on a young player. We've seen it with Petey, the struggles, Quinn Hughes, the struggles in his own end. I think there's another level, right? And that level is when JT Miller, who, you know, obviously wins the Unsung Hero Award last year. That was the most ridiculous thing ever. I mean, he was your MVP essentially last year for those who skate out of the goal crease. 
Um, so you came in with expectations. And J.T. Miller, I don't know if he thought it'd be easy, then the COVID scare. But I, I think we're still watching J.T. Miller learn how to be a leader and learn how to adapt going, hey, you're kind of the guy. And if you're not the guy, you better be pulling the rope at the very front with the captain. Um, and still, I mean, I, th- I thought he was terrible in the first two periods against Ottawa in game number one. But it's consistency. We'll get into a little bit with BSPS, but uh, he's got a buddy on now. I mean, he's been buddies for a long time, lifelong friends with Jimmy VC, And we'll see if those guys get together and he has that extra jump that's needed tonight. Uh, 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. We're playing fair or foul at 730. Get your takes in and submissions, and we'll let you know what's fair and what's foul, and we'll share ours with you as well coming up at the bottom of the hour. A lot of other people weighing in on uh, what direction the Canucks go with in goal for these next two games. Steven Delta, Holtby today, Demko on Hockey Night in Canada. The guest you had on earlier just reminded us how decimated the D was, not just from free agency, but also injury earlier in the season. Still not great. Goalies have been fine all year, considering stop trying to kick Holtby into the goalie graveyard. That's Steven uh, in Delta. Um, Holtby is a pro rest Demko. You don't chance injury with budding superstar with back-to-back starts. So I, I think some of the sanity is starting to creep in here, pair with some of our listeners texting in to suggest that, hey, look, give Holtby some time here. Give him a shot. This is why you got him here. That's conventional thinking, right? Poll question, 500 people in on it, keep it going, and 58% are of the same mindset or view that Holpe has to play one of these games. I play Demko after the day of rest that he had, and if he wins, I do it again. And that is not the norm. I understand that, and the people coming at me that, no, you've got to play Holpe. Sometimes you have to do something that's a little bit different, and it would be Thatcher Demko's decision to go again on Saturday if he wins tonight. And if he says, yeah, I'm okay, then forget, oh, we've got to let Holtby play because we paid him $4 million and he can do it. No, you need to win the hockey game. And if right now, at this moment, Thatcher Demko is that red hot and feels good, why do you have to go, oh, we better play Holtby. That's the way it always is. No, it's different, man. You try and pick up your points. Uh, Supper D from the LBC. Come on. Every team has a backup for a reason, so your starter doesn't burn out. I would rather sit Demko once every 8 to 10 games and have him get injured due to overplaying him. Saturday has to be Holtby. If not Saturday, then when? Demko for the last 23 games probably not going to end well. So when would you rest Demko? Uh, Love it. When Uh, you've won enough games. For sure you do, but does that point mean this weekend? Like, I completely understand. They're not going to change the name of the Vesna Trophy to Thatcher Demko. He's not winning for the next 10 years. But if he's playing well now, you ride it out. And you play him again against Winnipeg on Monday if he's still playing well and feels okay. But at some point, you go, okay, that's enough. And, yeah, you're back into the grind. Go in there, Braden, and play. As simple as that, in my view, you play desperate and you coach desperate right now, and it means you play the best player in the NHL, and that's Thatcher Demko. You know, what also complicates things, you've got a head coach who's in the final year of his contract, and is he coaching to win? Is he coaching to save his job? Or is he just is it still about developing and progress? Uh, where's this team at? Ron McLean from Hockey Night in Canada joins us, as he always does each and every Friday morning, or as we like to call him now here on the West Coast, Ron Stradamus, after that bold prediction that the Canucks were going to to go on a run. We're going to continue to pump your tires as long as Good. this team stays on a run here like mm-hmm. this, Ron. Well, seven and two is not bad, right? Uh, not bad. You nailed we it. <laughs> so 
So, uh, first of all, Mike McKenna, do you guys know what he said? I, I'd like to hear goalies obviously chime in on this decision uh, rather than three broadcasters, but I'll run you through a little <laughs> bit of the history. One one fascinating thing is in the one of the last years that there was a really extensive survey done on whether you go to your backup or not was the 2013-2014 season. And uh, of all the NHL teams, only three that year stayed with the same goalie in back-to-back as a routine. And one was Vancouver. John Tortorella, ironically, rode Luongo rather than go to Eddie Lack, and then, of course, chose to play Eddie Lack in the Winter Classic and all <laughs> hell bro- Heritage Classic, all hell broke loose. But the other team that was uh, did it most was uh, Columbus Blue Jackets in 2014, and Mike McKenna was one of the backups. He was probably the third string, but it was between him and Curtis McElhaney. They rode Bobrovsky, obviously, and... Uh, trying to think Columbus uh, in 2014 who the heck Todd Richards I think was a coach but we'd have to ask Mike anyway by by 2014 that year was uh, really the beginning of where everybody decided to give the goalie a break uh, and not try and go back to back and you know in Toronto as an example they had that huge series with the Edmonton Oilers and they beat the Oilers three consecutive games with three different goalies Hutchinson got a shutout Campbell got a shutout and Anderson's the only goalie that gave up one and he's their starter Uh, And they've been in the tank since riding Freddie. So there's that. I know Kyle Dubas, I interviewed him uh, back in the summer about uh, the decision that Tampa made to take Blake Snell out in the World Series when he was roaring along. And boy, Kyle just unloaded for about six minutes on how it was the right decision to pull Blake Snell. And he is adamant, you know, that he goes with a fresh goalie uh, in Toronto. I know he leaves it up to the staff, but, you know, analytics for him says that it's a good idea to give the starter a break. Um, I think in the case of Travis Green, I don't think he, certainly he's not coaching for his job. Uh, but uh, I, I would say that uh, he he rode Marky because he knew Markstrom. He had a great history with uh, Jacob, and uh, he had a lot of faith in him. And I think I think he will have been rattled a little bit by that Winnipeg loss, <clears throat> where Braden wasn't at his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he knows that it's three and four nights. This is another consideration, not just back to back. But they got to roll home and play uh, Winnipeg of all teams. Is a tough opponent. They're all tough in the North Division, but uh, except uh, maybe Ottawa. And, and he's got to consider that. And then they play Wednesday, and then they have a week off. So he's got to decide. You know, my history is when I get a guy I trust, I ride him. This kid's 25. Uh, we've got four games here that we have to have. We can't give up a point. Um, I think he is going to go back to back with Demko, but I will say, uh, thank you, other, Ron. Thank you. I will Ron. say the other factor is the psychology of how does the team look? You know, they they played kind of funky against Ottawa. I attribute that in part because Demko's Demko, and in part because uh, two things. You know, I think a lot of teams might take Ottawa for granted. I think they might have been looking past Ottawa a little bit to this critical two game set with Montreal. Uh, those are just psychology questions that you can never get inside the head. Um, but I, you, you, at some point, Travis has to decide, okay, if I keep, you know, like even if you go back to the bubble, um, they, they beat Vegas to force the deciding game, and then they only get 14 shots. I mean, Shea Theodore didn't score mm-hmm. until six to go in the game. Demko almost stole the seventh game as well. So he was okay on back-to-back nights. They played, you know, uh, back-to-back, and he was great. But the team started to... I don't know what it is, but they just weren't pressing the way they should have. And if you threw Holtby in, there is a theory that, you know, the team rallies around him. And it's not like, as you said, James, it's not like Holtby is a, is just a, some Johnny-come-lately that was thrown in after, you know, a university shinny game. It's a Vesna Trophy winner who has admittedly, you know, struggled here for a bit. But he's he's got that 
you know, belief in himself that I think he could give you the win if you needed it. So that's a, I think he'll go Demko because I think it's just Travis's history is to, is to ride the guy. And uh, yeah, what a decision. Well, it's interesting, and maybe that changes tonight, Ron, if Demko plays and he doesn't win. You just don't want well, to upset the apple cart, right? But, yes, I mean, I, I think if you can argue, yeah, the games against Winnipeg are big, but they're not as important because I don't think they're catching the Jets, right? I think these Montreal games loom bigger for what will be in the standings, and, and thus you go with Demko. And I think it's fair, and as, as James said, if people don't know, you joined us three weeks ago when this whole city said it's done, Jim Benning's got to go, and you just said, you know, give them six more games. And I think at that point, Ron, the team was probably playing better hockey as a whole than they have in the last week, yet they're winning. So at some point, Demko's not going to have to make 44 saves to get the win. And I think Travis Green is going, hey, if we can play better in front of him, uh, we'll, we'll continue with this. Yeah, it's nice to see. I think Miller has found his groove here in the last week. He was not playing well. Uh, he's been great. I mean, obviously, you can't go without Elias Pettersson forever and expect to be, uh, you know, how, how did Connor McDavid just shred Calgary and again last night Winnipeg? It, it was a almost single-handed effort, I hate to say, McDavid. Uh, so your best players are, are super important. And Demko, I guess, looks like he's the best player on the Vancouver Canucks, so no problem with that. Um, but I, I do think they're they're close to, you know, the, again, they dodged those two bullets because I feel like maybe they got caught up in uh, looking ahead, whatever it was. They they were not at their best in these last two. But they're, but they're, there's a lot of great things to, to see in their game. Brock Besser is a really important piece. And when he's playing with confidence and wiring a puck the way he is, that's great. That makes your special teams lethal. Uh, and the other thing about your Demko is, uh, Perry, is that, you know, what does it do to Toffoli and uh and to Corey Perry and to Josh Anderson, it does plant a bit of a seed. You know, I know that they've dominated Vancouver this year, early on especially, um, but I think you have that in your thinking too. Still, I, you know, as I said, I think he'll go Demko, but I actually am a little more inclined to go on the, the James. I remember seeing Henrik Lundqvist after he got his 50th career shutout. and he That week he had set the all-time wins record for the New York Rangers, and he did it, the 50th shutout in back-to-backs. And I just remember his interview after the game. He was just a noodle. Uh, so it's a lot. I mean, Eddie Johnson's the last guy to play every minute of the regular season. That's 1964. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. But he's a 25-year-old, and he looks as fresh as a daisy, doesn't he? And he is such a great skater. Uh, I just, you know, watching Demko, in addition to all these saves, like, you know, the shootout the other night was all world, very Hoshik-like in terms of his cool back there and his mm-hmm. presence. But he, he's such a great puck handling uh, goalie uh, I'm beginning to see in him that Carey Price Mike Smith gift of being the third defenseman so it would be really hard not to play him in these four games and and, and your point about you know Winnipeg they're not going to catch no but they can't give up games while Montreal no. has four in hand they have to be, keep winning that that is a really important uh, you know they don't have to win them all but they have to win as I said last week on Hockey Night in Canada they've got to go at basically a 79% winning clip so that's why those two games are just as important as the two against Montreal. Do you uh, empathize with what Ralph Kruger had to deal with this week? Um, I mean, it's that they've got seven head coaches in eight years in Buffalo. Like, the one thing I would say that uh, as much as people have pointed out the flaws in the rebuild for the Canucks and Jim Benning here and, and the criticism he's taken, and, and Jim certainly has his warts, but the one thing that the Canucks do offer in this rebuild is continuity comparatively to what the Sabres have been doing for what, Ron, almost 10 years now. We're three different GMs since they finally turned the page on Darcy Regeer and, what, seven coaches in the last eight years. 
Right. Reminds you of uh, what the Oilers went through there for a stretch. Yeah. Five and five, I think it was with coaches. Yeah. Yeah. It it just, it it, it ultimately lets the players off the hook. Uh, You know, I I mean, that's a Jason Botterill hire. So as uh, Bob Cole, when I was in my rookie year at Hockey Night in Canada, he always said to me, Ron, new brooms must sweep. So if if there's a new title sponsor or if there's a new head of sports, or he gave me a whole list of things that can go wrong. You know, don't get too... Don't buy a mansion just yet is what he was telling me. <laughs> and I just think, you know, in case of Jason, he, he went for that sort of uh, academic approach in uh, Rolf. And uh, everybody respects Kruger to the nth. Uh, Paul Maurice will tell you he learned more from him working alongside him at the World Cup in 2016. Yeah, tough decision. It's just a, it's just a real, real head scratcher. It truly is. Uh, Ron McLean joins us as he does every Friday. Uh, we will see uh, Jimmy Vc in a Canucks uniform today. There's always that hope that the guy who is that sought after will will click in and take it to that next level. Your thoughts on him and the acquisition that the Canucks made through the waiver wire? Yeah, he's one of those guys. You'll see him in warm up. <clears throat> he dazzles. Uh, he does a lot of little things. He's got all the skills, right? Uh, he he looks like he should be far more important. Uh, than he is so far in his career. Uh, very, very talented. Reminds me of Colin White in Ottawa, who keeps showing signs and, and isn't quite getting there just yet. But, you know, give them time. There's, there's certain guys blossom much later in their, in their young careers. Very, very talented player. And, and I think he, he's a good break uh, for, for Vancouver to bolster their lineup. Uh, again, you know, trying to, trying to swing this without Patterson for an extended period has been a, has been a gut check and lots of teams as, as we discussed the 2002 Toronto Maple Leafs missing Matt Sundin went to the final four and it was when he came back that they actually bowed out so Gretzky missed the first 51 games of the year they went to the final in uh, 1993 so sometimes it is a, a great rallying point and that's also you know back to the discussion of Demko Holtby might they just rally around Holtby um, but I I think he's a good player I, I really enjoyed uh Watching him here uh, up close in Toronto, uh, and you'll you'll see that he's uh, he's extremely nifty. So I'm sure that Travis Green appreciates them getting him. Uh, nice to catch up, sir. Busy weekend for yeah. you. Uh, Say hi to Mike McKenna. Ask him how they uh, rode Bobrovsky and wh- what he thinks about it. Uh, well, you know what? He appears on uh, Scott Rintoul's show each and every week, so I will uh, we'll we'll send that message over to Scotty and uh, take him to task if uh, if he doesn't listen to what you're saying. And I'm hoping that after all these years, Ron, you finally did buy that mansion. Yeah, still, still, still a modest little bungalow in uh, Oakville. Got that yeah. IRS? Yes, exa- yeah, exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's funny the different terms, like from East Coast to West Coast, though, right? Bungalow in the East, rancher in the West. Cottage oh. in the East, cabin yeah. in the West, mm-hmm. right? And camp in Northern Ontario. And camp, yes, exactly. Take care, Ron. <laughs> Okay, nice catch up. Thank you. Uh, Ron McLean, Hockey Night in Canada, weighing in on. Uh, man, it, it, it like. I don't think it's cut and dry, right, with, with the Demko situation and what you do. I mean, Ron kind of laid out a case for both sides. Like, there's conventional yeah. logic to say, don't burn this guy out. But at the same time, it's, you know, the Canucks are in one right now, right? They dug themselves one very deep hole pair. And it's I, I totally understand the logic to be fantasized by saying, man, go with the good stuff. There's Thatcher Demko. Well, our friend John texted in and said, well, let's see what happens tonight. And doesn't that, James, even your mind said you're going, you've got to play Holpe. Uh, what if the Canucks, you know, went 5-2 tonight and, and Demko only faces 18 shots? Does your mind change? Right? 
Yeah. No, no, I think, I mean, I think yeah, it would, right? Sure. If it's an easy night, yeah, if it's an easy night, it changes. So all you can do is play what's in front of you. I would suspect with that you're playing Demko tonight, and then you're making a decision. But, yeah, 45 shots and he loses, he's not playing. 45 shots and he wins, you're having a conversation. He wins and has to make 18 saves. You're probably going, you're fresh, yeah. He's playing tomorrow. So deal what's in front of you on Friday night. And then, you know, we make the big decision. That is amazing how it's it's kind of split the the city and the fan base as to what you do, what's right, what's wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think history would tell you that Thatcher Demko's taken at least 30 shots on goal tonight with the Montreal yes. Canadiens, the way that these seven games have played out. Sonia Aslam from News 1130 down the hall. Before we talk about what's happening in the world, do you go with Demko both these games, or do you finally get uh, Braden Holpe in for one of these there, Aslan? So ideally, I would say Demko in both, but I do understand that he's played, what, last seven games in a row? Yeah. It's, it's a lot. I get it. I just have zero faith in Holpe, and I think that given how close we are to getting back in the playoff run properly, we can't really afford to lose. So if Holpe can tell us and guarantee you can play well and not suck, then sure, you can play in a second game. <laughs> can, can I just ask, do you have a big list of people who you have zero faith in, like in life? Yes. <laughs> you just, yes. Man, when you bail on yeah. people, you bail with authority. No, no, no. It's not like that at all. I just, I like winning. And I was really, you know, I think I speak for a lot of fans that you know, January and February were not ideal. They were less than ideal. So now that we're on a little bit of a hot streak, which is nice, we're back in the mix, great. Don't screw it up. That's yeah. all. I have standards, Perry. You wouldn't know that. I have standards, though. Did you just mutter, I'm surrounded by idiots? Is that what I heard? No, I said I have standards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what do we got? Uh, it's World so Sleep we, Day. We, That's we know the big thing, it, it so. is okay. Well, I want to get to World Sleep Day in just a second here, but I but tell me this: it's uh, it sounds like there's more options. Hey, if you're a teacher, you yeah. gotta love the news over the last 24 hours from a vaccine standpoint. Yeah, they've been demanding it for weeks and weeks and weeks, saying, "Well, we should be put forward to get the vaccine," and now they are. So the BC government has rolled out a bunch of new priority groups who will be uh, eligible to get the AstraZeneca shot as of next month. Um, so that includes teachers, so all educators, all staff uh, from kindergarten to grade 12. That does not obviously include professors at universities and whatnot, um, police officers, firefighters, emergency transport, mail carriers, bylaw officers, uh, grocery, grocery store, store clerks, workers, right? Yeah, grocery warehouses. store clerks, where people work in warehouses. So but, you know, there's always going to be someone left off the list. And a couple of those people, uh, those groups rather, include the bus drivers. They're not in there. Uh, janitorial staff, not in there. Mm. Lawyers have said, we're not in there. We're in the courts all day. Uh, search and rescue teams, not in there. And they go out and also deal with strangers quite often. So as much as uh, there's a bunch of groups in there, which is great, there's also some, you know, anger because there's some groups that have been left off that list. But uh, the other big thing people should keep in mind is those, uh, those call-in lines to book the appointment. They will all be shutting down as of April 6th. That is the date to mark on your calendar. They will be closed. There will be one big provincial line not 1-800-SHOTS or something, but there Ooh. will be a new provincial... Shot, 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 <laughs> shot, shot, shot. Just call 1-800-VACCINE. Um, so they'll have a new provincial phone number that you call and everyone can call. And they're also going to launch, finally, websites for all the health authorities, and not just Fraser Health, that you can book your appointment. You know what? I mean, are, are they not tempting fate? I mean, they figured it out. It's rolling, and now you're going to eliminate it? 
Well, what I'm waiting for is on April 6th, that promptly at 7.01 when that phone line crashes and you're like, oh, this is going well. Oh, look, the website crashed. You know, it happens every time. It happened with BC Camping. It happened with the BC, uh, the benefit checks that people were trying to, you know, log in to get. It just, it always happens. There's a huge surge and um, it'll always crash. The other big uh, thing is they are moving along the vaccine rollout because we are, we are getting so many more vaccines right now. So anyone in your life who is 79 and older as of tomorrow can book an appointment. Nice. Uh, Dr. Henry also hitting us with the we're not leaving. No No. international travel. That, man, listen, so many people have spent time at home. (laughs) If you can be in a position to get away, that just seems like we're we're I would like to leave the region. I haven't even left the region. I haven't left the lower mainland. I am so, as much as I love this province, man, oh, man, do I want to get out of here. No, you know, you're not the only. I think I've heard a lot of people, but you know what? It's funny. Like, my my parents live in a very rural part of eastern Ontario, Mm -hmm. and they have some neighbors who live down the street. They they went to the Dominican. (gasps) They spent months down there. They came back recently, and I guess they came through an airport uh, through the U.S. for customs or whatever the case, but they didn't have to do the hotel quarantine. And guess what? Guess who both had COVID? Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I mean, this is where we talk about the international travel, right? So. And I, I get it. And the biggest concern. Slip that, it through the cracks and this is what happens. Yeah. yeah. And I know with, like, Dr. Bonnie Henry, it's, you know, I think, and we've talked about this, you guys. It's like, people think you get the shot, I'm immune. People think you get the shot, I can go hug everyone and, you know, lick glass rims it's like no nothing changes like yeah. well, nothing we, we can't <laughs> what well maybe but but like like nothing changes and she said that really adamantly yesterday when we heard from her is no restrictions are changing just because we have vaccine rollout that doesn't mean you're immune it means you can still get it you just won't be well, as yeah. sick there's still 600 cases yesterday right like yeah and eight deaths yeah 10 deaths the yeah. day before like well, nothing's changing and that's why she said no one's traveling this year I know it's March. Yeah. We're not doing it. There's no festivals. There's no concerts. There's no nothing. A couple uh, positive tests in my daughter's workplace this week. So oh, it no. just kind of brings it all home, right? You're just like, oh, yeah, it's uh, everyone wants this. Spring is coming. Like, uh, we're, we're still in a fight, and we got to keep that in mind. Aslam, happy World Sleep Day. To I've you. been up since 2.30, so happy sleep day to you guys, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can you tell, though? Can yes. you tell? Well, it's the, the yeah. week is turning the clocks ahead, too. I'll tell you what. It's a good thing, I think, for a lot of parents that this is the week where you turn the clocks ahead and it's March break because you don't have kids that are just going absolutely That's Absolutely sideways at the start of the week. That's true. We got 90 minutes before we can go sideways here for the weekend. (laughs) So you take care and uh, we'll keep an eye on Demco Watch for you, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, boys. Later, Later, Asm. Sonia Asm from News 1130 with the latest. Uh, Hey, 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. We're playing fair or foul next. Get your takes in. We'll tell you what's fair, what's foul. It's Friday. It's game day on your home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. I need an owner who's going to answer the fans when they misspell names on jerseys and have Chinese knockoffs on alumni. Like, what is going on? Like, what are we doing? Like, I don't understand it, man. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Oh, man. That was Dwayne last year for the Buffalo Sabres. Longtime fan, agonizing. wonder how he's doing these days, Perry. You know, I just kind of wonder how 
a guy like that who was already frustrated, what, eight months ago, and now what the team's at, what, they lost their 13th? <laughs> yeah, tough. James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski, it is game day as the Canucks and the Habs collide at Le Centre de Belle ce soir. It is a 4 o'clock puck drop with Corey Hirsch and Brendan Batchelor here on Sportsnet 650. A lot of people jumping in on the Dunbar Lumber text line, and it is time to play fair or foul. Let's get Greg Ballack into the fold here as well on the other side of the glass. And here we go. Fair or foul, boys. Kind of our theme this morning keep it consistent but Braden Holpe needs to play one of these two games in Montreal tonight fair or foul you know I'm going fair on that one James I don't like the risk that teams have been taking with some <clears> of their goalies and I think that uh, you need to give them a break all these back-to-backs are going to pile up and no. do you do you want to lose Demko for half the season or the rest of the season because it's entirely possible if you keep riding them the yeah, way they the, are well and it's entirely possible you don't lose them that's true. You got right? me, Bear. I mean, you got me. <laughs> nah. I got you. That's all right. You don't like it, Pear. Well, no. I, listen, what you guys are talking about is is what we've watched in hockey for the last thirty years, right? That, what what I'm suggesting is is going against conventional wisdom. But I am waiting till tonight, and if he wins, I'm playing again. I just know from experience, Bear. I play a beer league game, and I can barely walk the next day. <laughs> I can't imagine being a, a professional athlete. Your... Oh, don't bring – yeah, exactly. Listen, I've played at a high level. I understand that point of view. Corey Hirsch will weigh with a little more authority at 8 o'clock, but I'm going against conventional wisdom. I'll let you see my hip x-rays to know how much damage they've taken over the years from playing so many games, Perry. Well, here, look, uh, minor Matt and Abbotsford kind of going with a similar narrative on fair or foul. Hoping not getting a start because he's being outplayed by his cheaper counterpart is fair. Louie getting to be a part of the team because of his salary is foul. P.U. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's exactly fair. Uh, Guys, fair or foul, uh, the New York Islanders, if they had Stanley Cup hopes, are gone with Anders Lee. The biggest injury of the NHL season gone for the year from the Islanders, missing their captain. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, he's their heart there. That's fair, yeah. Anders Lee is, I would say he's underrated. I know he's the captain yes. there, but yeah. the, the numbers he puts up, I think it's he's entirely underrated. I, I'm surprised he stuck around, to be honest with you, when he hit the market uh, when he had a chance. And you know what? He's lived up to that contract so far, too. Uh, the, you know, other than Barzell, and I guess we shine the light a little bigger because of the Coquillan connection, just a lot of good hockey players in the Islanders that just make a good team and are never going to get the spotlight there until they – they win a Stanley Cup, essentially, or go for a long run in the playoffs. But Anders Lee, very underrated. That's a big blow for them. Fair foul, you guys. Jack Michaels, the voice you heard in the intro talking about the Oilers tying the Leafs in the standings. I like his call. I think he's as exciting as it gets. He's the first-year Sportsnet voice. He does the Oilers regional games. And his call of the final minute was pretty darn exciting. I don't know if you guys watched any of that game yesterday. I did. I, I did watch uh, some of that game yesterday. You know what, Jack Michaels brings. I, I, look, He's good. I, I, you know, so for the first off, fair. Um, I, I like I like an energy call in my play-by-play guy. I like somebody who sells the broadcast. I like you know, uh, give me a Gus Johnson type of guy that that wants to make it as exciting if I'm sitting down watching it. So 
that's like I'm a big fan of the guy who does play-by-play for the NHL 21 video game. <laughs> a lot of energy and excitement. I've never heard so him. I usually mute shout him immediately. Out to Jack as well. Yeah. yeah, big fan. Big fan. <laughs> you know, you know what it is is um, you know Jack is an American. Yes. And I think James, to your point, you think about Jack Edwards. Jack Edwards went off yesterday in the Buffalo Sabers. It, it's more of an American thing to be a cheerleader than I think it is with Canadian broadcasters to make sure you're just getting it right. Um, that's the first thing. And being a cheerleader is, is later. But, yeah, he's fun to call. It's exciting to watch. And he, he was great for the last minute. Yeah, he just kicks it into another gear in the final minute. I, I like it. You know, there, there's there's a few guys that, look, I think when Shorty's in the pocket, I, I think Shorty calls a great game. Mm-hmm. I think Brendan Bachelor, I, I think Batch, you know, flies under the radar sometimes with a great call in a tight game. Uh, Joe Bowen out east who calls regional games for the Leafs. Speaking of homers, just, who? But but you know what? But <laughs> yeah. man, like but, he's Canadian. But, but you know what? You give me a four-four game with uh, you know with both teams up for grabs in overtime. Like Joe Bowen, you know, settles into the pocket, and, and it's not. There's no joking around or homerism. It, it is just a great back and forth call. So uh, give me the energy, guys. I, I'm a big fan of those play by that play by play approach. Uh, Nelson, guys uh, from Langley, fair or foul? The length of the contract Demko signs is dependent on if they re-sign Ian Clark. That's foul, man. I mean, I know we love to have these hometown discounts and who's the coach. It's a business, and yeah, that makes it that much more comfortable. But the numbers are all about does it make sense for Thatcher Demko. It's not going to be a difference maker if he doesn't have his his own goalie coach and Ian Clark goes elsewhere. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I just, I really hope this isn't a nickel and dime thing from an organizational standpoint with Ian Clark. I mean, look at look at the benefits that you have seen and the growth in the goaltending position over the last few years with him. He is tried and true. Look at the look at the track record. If he wants to go home and be close to the family with in Florida, I I totally understand that, and that's nothing the Canucks can do. But if this is a, a haggling over dollars and cents, my God, it's a bad look on this organization if Ian Clark walks because they didn't want to pay him. Well, generally, when you're signing a goaltender to a long term deal, you know, four years or more. You're taking that goaltender's input when it comes to who's the goalie coach. You're you're going to that goalie and saying, "Hey, mm-hmm. who do you want us to bring in?" And you know, for Demko, it might be Ian Clark. He might say, "You know, I want to keep him around." But it, the ball is really in the goalie's court at this point. If you're if you're even thinking about giving him a long term extension, like the Canucks are, uh, fair or foul? This current run should not change the plan to sell assets at the trade deadline. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. There was a there was an example that was used on the Scott Rinchel show about uh, I think it was Harmon Dial that brought it up. But Curtis Glencross, the year that the Flames played the Canucks in the playoffs, they actually traded Curtis Glencross at the deadline, and everyone was saying, "Well, why? You're in the middle of a playoff race." But you know, it ended up working out for them that they still made the playoffs and were able to get some assets on top of that. Uh, I will defer this one to you, James. Uh, mm. Fair or foul? Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be bigger than one division. Is that English? Fair. Fair. I, yeah. Balak, do you even know what that means? I know WandaVision. I don't know what uh, the other part was. <laughs> James, do you want to notify it? James, well, ex- well, explain well, okay. that question. So this Falcon is the next. and Winter Soldier. Yeah. yeah so the next, the next Marvel series on Disney Plus uh, has started streaming today uh, with Falcon, who kind of was given the shield at the end of Avengers Endgame. 
I'm sorry. Spoiler if you haven't alert. seen it, well, I'm wow. sorry, but if you haven't seen Endgame Jeez. in the last two oh. years, you know what? Get out from wow. under your rock, okay? But it kind of lends credence, and in the Marvel universe, you know, Sam Wilson does in, uh, in in some variations of the Marvel universe become Captain America. So we'll see where the series goes, and as. Chris Evans seemed to have been written off as Cap. We'll see if they go in this storyline. But I'm fascinated. I, uh, I'm, a, I'm a Falcon fan. I, I'm curious to see where it goes. And the Snyder Cut just dropped yesterday, which I am planning to hunker down for four hours after the Canucks and Habs tomorrow night on the projector screen in the backyard tomorrow. Snyder Cut tomorrow. That's This is my weekend. A lot pre- of nerding out this week. I preferred guys. the Corey Schneider cut of the Canucks, personally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Kay Clark wants to know fair or foul, guys. Vertanen to the Islanders by the end of the month. Boy. Man, that's foul. I, Barry Trotz, I got a lot of respect for. I don't think Barry Trotz sees anything in Jake Vertanen that says, yeah, he's my guy. He'll fit in here fine. Uh, that team seems to have a work ethic and a chemistry that I don't think Jake Furtanen fits into. I thought he was going to Anaheim for Danton Heinen. Isn't that the uh, the deal? I guess that fell. That apart. was it. Was Anaheim? <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? I I gotta say fair. I could see. I could see Jake going to. I could see Jake going to the Islanders. I don't think they'd give up a whole lot. Doesn't seem like a. It doesn't seem like a Lou guy, but as a reclamation project, depending on what they'd give up. I don't know. I could see Jake as an Islander. There's a long history of Islanders and Canucks deals, isn't there? Trevor uh, Linden, Langen. former Canuck great, mm-hmm. former Islander great, Trevor Linden, former Islander great, Todd Bertuzzi. Brian McCabe. Brian Sam McCabe, this, yeah. yeah. Sam with this fair foul. Keep him coming in. We're trying to get to him, everybody. Oh, sorry. I like this, Sam. Fair foul. Canucks should consider trading Pedersen for Eichel this Huge summer. foul. Horvat. Huge foul. Horvat. You're not getting. You're not Horvat and someone else for Eichel. Horvat a first and throw in a top prospect. Whether you throw in Yulevi or I don't think Yulevi would necessarily be enough of a sweetener. But um, so, in your on. viewpoint, there is no doubt Pedersen will be a better NHL player than Eichel. They're different players. They're not they comparable. Are. Really, I would, I would, I would, I would take, I would take Eichel and Pedersen as my one-two in the middle, and I would be willing to. Uh, Bit idea to to bow on that. You got to make the you got to make the dollars work though, right? Because you're mm-hmm. you're inheriting a guy who's a ten million dollar AAV, so mm-hmm. it certainly would upset the apple cart in terms of salary structure. So hey, fair foul, Langley. you guys. I want I wanted to bring up another uh, one of the ones I had because it's a name that we brought up earlier in the show okay. that I want to bring up again. Louis Deming was not the name of the record holder I expected to see. When I heard that Andre Vasilevsky broke the Lightning's consecutive wins record. That's right. Louis Domingue, 11 wins in a row, has the record for wins in a row. Wins with the Lightning. By the Tampa Bay Lightning. See, Perry, really? that's why. Yep. That's why. See, that's why I was okay with Louis Domingue going in and giving Thatcher Demko. <laughs> see, he gets wins. <laughs> what year is that? What was that? Three or four years ago? That's Louis a, Domingue yeah, rattled 11 off ago? in a row. Yeah. Hey, there's some more details about that run that's pretty interesting. Domingue in that stretch gave up four or more goals eight of the 11 games and was cut loose in the offseason with a year left on his contract after that season. So quite the roller coaster for Louis Domingue that season. Now his best work is in the kitchen. Okay, uh, your Canucks commute coming up at the top of the clock, 650-650, the Dunbar-Lumber text line. We'll continue the conversation. Uh, We've been rattling off a lot of BS, pair, and we're going to keep the BS going. Or is it P.S.? We'll tell you why JT Miller is going to have the game of the year tonight. 
That's not BS. It's a little PS coming your way next. 744 on a game day. Sportsnet 650. He always tries to be ahead of the game. Harry was in front. Finding stories that matter. Sort of. We call BS. You want answers. I want the truth. It's not BS. Just PS. With Perry Solkowski. Lots of things going on in the world of sports. We bring it to in the form of the PS. PS, you know that chemistry on any team is of the utmost importance. It seems you play harder if you are with friends. I'll be there for you. So what do we see tonight? Friends together again, the newest Canuck, Jimmy and JT. They've been friends for life. Yeah, yeah, I know, know Millsy very well. Um, World Juniors, uh, we won a gold medal and then played a year and a half in New York and uh, got pretty close there. You know, he was in Boston for uh, a couple of days this summer and we had dinner and we were supposed to golf but got rained out. So I know Millsy really well and it's, it's great to have a familiar face in the locker room and yeah, you know, he was one of the first people that reached out. Hey, guys, we saw it last year at the end when Tyler Toffoli, Tanner Pearson, great buddies, part of the wedding party. I think this is a great win for JT Miller to have a buddy like that to come in there. We're going to get the best of both of them tonight. I feel like uh, Jimmy Vesey was uh, Adam Gaudet three years before Adam Gaudet. Hopefully it works here, any- but, I mean, this is his fourth team in, what, three years? Yeah, and that's with a reason, but maybe there's just that connection. I'd rather have that than, uh, you know, I don't know anybody here, but I'm going to prove my worth. Maybe that's a little comfort level. But, yeah, they've got a history. We'll see if they're in the same line tonight, by the way, in about uh, 35 minutes. Pair, it worked for Derek Pouliot and Travis Green when they got together here in Vancouver (laughs) together. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Listen, I, Derek Pouliot came away. He was a good Western Hockey Leaguer. I would say he was not the best as Jimmy Vesey was the best in college. We'll see, man. Uh, Eighth overall pick. Yep, yep. P.S., uh, the waiting is the hardest part, or is it? See if Fitzpatrick can pull a trick out. He got hit as he lofted it up. Boom, coverage! Matt Collins is inbounds at the 41. Who doesn't like a little Fitz magic? Ryan Fitzpatrick yesterday saying that after signing with the Washington football team, in his 17 years, this was the most sought after he had ever been as far as being a free agent. This guy just, you know, you talk about rooms and coming in, what he had to deal with Tua, and then he would play well. How do you not want this guy coming into your locker room and go, hey, man, yeah, I don't know if you're going to play much, but you're going to help us out. Character guy getting paid for it. You know, it is. it really speaks to the desperation and urgency for how many teams need a quarterback or depth, right? Uh, my, my buddy Doug last night texted me. I was lamenting the whole Bears situation, but get this pair. Jets, Patriots, Jags, possibly the Texans, Pittsburgh, Vegas, Denver, Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa, Philly, Washington, Rams, San Fran, Chicago, Detroit, Minnesota. All could use probably some help with respect to quarterback depth in the draft upcoming. We have That's a lot of teams, man. That's like half the league I just rattled off. James, we've had this conversation before with our friend Brock Hewitt. I, I'm, I'm amazed every year you are right with the numbers you just rattled off. When you see a starting quarterback go down, I am always aghast going, how 
with college football, with the level that is played, with the number of Division One teams, can you not find, you know, 60-plus quarterbacks that are good enough to play in the NFL? The drop-off is amazing when it comes to the backups in the NFL. Can't believe it. And Colin so, Kaepernick couldn't get a job. Yeah, right. there you go. P.S. A win is a win no matter what the sport. The champion of the first ever FCF eating competition, Joey Chestnut, 33. Joey, did you think it was going to be this close? Uh, I knew I was going a little bit slow, but uh, they were eating. Oh, they were eating, Joey. I know most of you are aware, yes, it's the Habs back-to-back, but tomorrow night is the final of the fan-controlled football league. So it's a big festival in Atlanta. It included Joey Chestnut in a wings-eating competition against two pro players, teams of two. So one up against two, Joey wins it. 33 wings in a minute and a half. Man, you are humming. 33 wings, minute and a half for Joey Chestnut. Gets the win at the wire. I'll challenge anybody in a poutine eating contest. That, uh, you, like, and I would put a couple of kids in the house to, to, to take anybody down with, like, in a poutine eating contest. Maybe not wings. Like, we like our wings, but I like to kind of savor them. Poutine, I can inhale, man. Yeah, I'll do the math if you're driving and listening. That's a wing every three seconds. Bet faster than that. Probably about 2.8 seconds per wing. Good luck. Be careful if you're trying it. Hey, no PS, been, just PS, everybody. We've been talking goaltending all morning, pair, and we're going to continue that narrative about what the Canucks should do and their approach tonight. We're going to talk to somebody who's one of our teammates. He has been a goaltender in the NHL. He's an Olympic silver medalist, and he's also been a goalie coach. He's had these discussions, mm. what to do, how to approach it. Corey Hirsch, Sportsnet 650 hockey analyst, weighs in next. Ride Demko, ride or die, or give Hopi a shot here. We'll dive into it next right here on your home of the Canucks. It's game day on Sportsnet 650. A cup of Joe and the Canuck commute. Take nothing away from Thatcher Demko. He might be as hot of a goalie as there is in the National Hockey League right now. From, from our point of view, from the goalies we've seen, he looks confident, he looks square. He, he looks unbeatable at times, and uh, you know, give him full full marks in this division to do what he's doing. He's giving them a chance to win every night. A five-star morning on the starting lineup. It is game day once again, and this time the biggest game of the season. And we say this what in mid-March. Uh, that was DJ Smith, the head coach of the Ottawa Senators, on the Scott Rintoul show yesterday with some high praise for Thatcher Demko. And will Demko be going back-to-back here uh, Friday and Saturday night in Montreal uh, against the Canadians? James Sabalski, Perry Solkowski, and this hour of the starting lineup, a presentation of our good friends over at Surrey Honda. Visit Surrey Honda located at 152nd and Fraser Highway where you'll find quality and community. Pair, uh, a couple of news and notes, uh, some tidbits. Uh, Corey Hirsch is going to join us here momentarily. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, some early word this morning, Sportsnet Hockey Insider Elliot Friedman uh, suggesting on our sister station, Sportsnet 590, the fan this morning, from what he's hearing about Tanner Pearson, doesn't sound like it's a short-term thing. Um, some clarification here. There's no certainty on an update on Tanner Pearson until probably next week. 
but obviously ankles are tricky and it could take some time. So that could impact um, not only, you know, his spot in the lineup right now for the short term, but also a long-term situation where you look at moving Tanner Pearson before the trade deadline. So that was Elliot Friedman's report this morning on Sportsnet 590, the fan. Yeah. And, um, you wonder with, with what we saw yesterday is obviously the club gets that idea. Also just finding out Habs are on the ice right now. It'll be Jake Allen tonight in goal for the Montreal Canadiens uh, and not Carey Price. So they'll split it up. We'll see what the, the Canucks do. But, hey, Jimmy VC comes at a time where they need him. And, you know, people will go, oh, Jim Benning, you should have moved. That's just bad luck. And if you're dealing with an ankle sprain and if they're waiting until next week, uh, I don't like that news. Now, how much does this team miss? Tanner Pearson, I would argue offensively, not a lot, but what he's done, but he's an effective guy on the power play, and he's a veteran who can make the right decisions. You hope they replace that with, with VC, but that that's a loss. I'm not a Tanner Pearson's the top six guy, but you need experienced NHLers to, to take things home in tight games. Tanner Pearson has offered you that. That's just some bad luck, and that's what happens. Uh, let's bring in Corey Hirsch, um, who joins us here now, uh, bright and early this morning. And H- Hershey, um, it's been the conversation all morning long, and it's been a spirited discussion here, not only amongst uh, Per and I, but also uh, amongst our listeners on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650. What to do with Thatcher Demko and the goaltending position this weekend? Like, if Braden Holpe doesn't play one of these two games – he may not see another game for over a month by the time he eventually gets in by the time April rolls around. So you've been this guy. Help us out here. Good morning, sir. Oh, good morning. I thought the Dunbar text line would be wondering what I had for breakfast. Like, it's all about that me, too. isn't it? That too. What did you yeah, have? You can tell us. I had an avocado and a protein bar. You're so healthy now. No, really, that's embarrassing. And a coffee. <laughs> And I'm sitting here in the office by myself at the studio, and I'm looking over. There's no James Sobolski. There's no Perry Solkowski. It's just me. I'm by myself. I was in earlier this week. Uh, we'll get there. To go when are you guys it? coming back? Anyways, by the way, are you coming back ever? Is we this don't just, make those Is this decisions. the norm? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get to some hockey. Um, what do you do with the goaltending? Well, Braden Holtby uh, won a Vesna trophy. Braden Holtby has a Stanley Cup. Braden Holtby was almost a Conn Smythe winner at one point with the Stanley Cup. He was that good. Uh, it's ridiculous to think that they can't give him a start. Yeah, it hasn't been a great year, but Thatcher Demko wasn't very good the first seven, eight games either, right? And then he got on a run, uh, and you know, the, and the team has 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 played a bit better in front of him. And then he's now he's now he's great. He's doing awesome. And and uh, um. You know, Holtby was part of that start, too, where the team wasn't playing very well. So you got to give him a chance to, to redeem himself and, and play a, a game here, too. And maybe, you know, he's had some time to work with Ian Clark. you gotta, you got to be able to, to put him in. They've, it's, it's not Braden Holtby's fault they're in the situation they're in. It's, you know, it's, it's the team's fault, really. So why, why is he being punished to sit on the bench uh, as long as he has? Give him a start. Good Lord. He's, he's not that bad. But Hershey, uh, it's not his fault, but the team is in this position of, of kind of knocking on the door of being back in this race because right now you've got the hottest goalie in the world. So why would you not run with that? I mean, I guess we're looking at you for a voice of wisdom to go, how tired is Thatcher Demko if he plays tonight? And and is it a, is it a possibility that uh, he could yeah. do it back-to-back without being exhausted? Here's what's going to happen. Thatcher Demko 
is going to get mentally fatigued. And when you get mentally fatigued, he's going to get lit up at some point because it's inevitable. The chances that they give up, the amount of scoring chances they give up, um, at, at some point, you know, he looks like he's not human right now because he's playing so well, but at some point he will get lit up if you do not give him a rest, if you do not give him a game off. They're going to play four and six here, four games and six nights. Um, it's going to be uh, you know five games and eight nights, and I guarantee if they continue to play him, he will one of those games get lit up, and that's just that's just the nature of the beast. So they do have to give Holtby a game because it's not so much physical fatigue with the goalie, uh, it's mental fatigue. And when the Canucks, if if the Canucks were giving, if it was a Martin Brodeur situations where they're giving up eight scoring chances a game and 22 shots, then it's different. But, I mean, they're giving up 40 shots a night, and they're giving up 20, 22, 24 chances a night. Uh, and I guarantee you, eventually, uh, the dam breaks. So you need to give him a mental rest uh, at least one of these next two games. Corey Hirsch here uh, on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of our good friends over at Manifest. Uh, how Does Thatcher Demko have a say in this at all? Or is this is this Ian Clark? Is this... Travis Green, like walk it's probably, I would steps. Think, yeah, I think it's Ian Clark and Travis Green. You know, they've probably got uh, it, it planned out, scheduled out. Usually, you'll have it scheduled out, um, you know, for a while if you can, and then sometimes. You but make the plans change, the though, yeah, right? Like, you, yeah, yeah, you make adjustments exactly. on the fly. Yeah, but Thatcher Demko, it's like he's a, he's an athlete. He's he's a he's a goalie. It's like if you tell him to play, he's going to play. He's not going to sit there and pinpoint and go, "Nah, I don't want to play here. Nah, yeah. Don't want to play here. I'll play here. I'll play." Here. No, it doesn't work that way. You tell him to play, he'll play. And he, and he doesn't say a flipping word. <laughs> you know, that's the way. So he wants to play every Hershey, game, so you're you're saying he's not going to be honest if they say how are you feeling. It'd he would go, "Yeah, that's that's the standard answer. He will always say I'm great." You would never ever ever say that you don't. Um the only thing you would say is if you got an injury you know, and then you know um, whether or not you can keep going or not with an injury, uh, and whether or not that's part of it. But that's that's the athlete mentality. You'd you'd never pull yourself out of a, a situation to play because the second you give the other guy an opportunity is the second you lose your job. <laughs> right, that's Wally the, Pip. Wally yeah, Pip. Yep. Yep. Nate. Uh, Ray Finkel. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. That's a more recent one too. Uh, Corey Hirsch here on Sportsnet 650. Where? So okay. So here we go. It's the biggest game of the season um, against a team that has absolutely owned the Canucks this yeah. year. Um, does, does that does that play on you mentally at all as a team? Like, uh, like there's sometimes there's just a bad matchup, right? Oh you yeah. You know, you you look at you know in the division, like some teams just have other teams' number. You know what? Vancouver has Ottawa's number, right? Ottawa's kind of had the Leafs' number this year. And Montreal has absolutely had Vancouver's number. Yeah, I, I, they're going to have to find, change something. You have to change something, right? You have to change your system in some form. Uh, something isn't working. So, you know, whether that be Montreal, the Canucks have a tough time getting to the net on Montreal, right? Like, I think with Carey Price, they only had like eight scoring chances, ten scoring chances. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they tie, you know, they're, they're you're banging on your goalie to 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 only let in one or two goals, that's not really winning hockey. So they're going to have to find a way to get to the net and get pucks to the net and get in all those cliches and, and break through checks and get to rebounds, uh, all those things. So that's, um, they'll have to change something that, yeah, you sometimes teams don't match up. Uh, however, sometimes your systems don't match up either. So that's going to be up to the coaching staff to try and figure that out. 
the way they're winning is is, is not going to change. I mean, they really do miss the creativity of 40, but will this be great goaltending, tight defense, and hope you get something on special teams? I mean, is that the only formula that you see in, in, until they get to this break? Add a couple of Hail Marys and an father in there, and I think you're good. I think uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's coaching. I went to a Catholic school, so growing up. So you don't believe in what you've watched? Right? Is is that what we're getting? Oh, from? you're putting me on the spot. Look here. Well, after no, every Hershey... game, after every game, I want to sit there and go. You know, I I, I don't not not that I want to uh, to rip them or anything, but I want I I can't criticize them because they're winning. But it's like they're winning because their goaltending has been incredible, <laughs> like beyond incredible. Um, they're not, and 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 yes, you you have to give. Uh, I have to give props to guys like Sutter, Edler. Tyler Myers, um, those guys are playing some of the best hockey I've seen them play. Defensively, the penalty kill's been been so good, so good. And that's how they're winning, right? So you can't just, I, I shouldn't say it's just been Thatcher Demko. They, they've put in a really strong uh, penalty kill. But other than that, I mean, they give up so many scoring chances, and it's like, how are they winning? I, I don't know how. I don't know how they can sustain this. Um, so, but maybe they can. Oh, maybe they can. Uh, things have, uh, maybe you know, uh, maybe maybe they can keep winning like this. I don't see it uh, unless something changes because there's too many turnovers, there's too many giveaways, there's too many odd man rushes. Uh, but maybe they can, and maybe they get goaltending for. You only have 23 games left. It's not like you got 82 to play like this. You only have 23, and if you can play like this for 23, hey, who knows what can happen? So, with all this winning, and you know. Pairs talking about, you know, hey, look, you got to ride Demko because, hey, you're in a playoff race right now. But I don't know. You look, you look at the math. I mean, it still works against them. Does any of this change what the sort of deadline approach should be right now? You still got to sell assets if you can. In my, right? in my mind, right? It's if you if you if you try and um, if you don't get something for your free agents or make or if you're not a seller right now at the deadline, then then that's just not winning hockey. Because, mm-hmm. you, great, you get in. You're going to play the Leafs in the first round and get swept in four, because and you didn't get anything for those players, right? So it's like, why why would you do? You got, you have to make decisions today so that in two years from now, you're the team that everybody's trying to to beat uh, and get to the Stanley Cup, and you're getting to semifinals and finals consistently, like Tampa. Uh, you know, those types of teams. Not so that every year you just sneak into the playoffs so that you keep everybody happy, right? Ooh, they made the playoffs. Great. No, you build so that you're in the semifinals and you're in finals every year, that you're, you're a team that started the year that everyone goes, this is a contender every year. Not, oh, this isn't a team that's on the bubble, might make the playoffs, might not make the playoffs. Screw that. Like, enough of that. Start building to build a team that is consistently a threat to win the Stanley Cup. Are you going to win every year? No. There's 31 other teams, right? There's going to be 32. But um and and you want to be in those you want to be in that top 6 that every year teams are scared of. And and you, that's where not selling assets when you have them bites in the butt just for a round of playoffs, right? No. And it and if you want to make money by playoff gates and playoff revenue, go four rounds. You're going to make a ton of money, right? Like as, as an organization. Go one round, yeah, you'll get a little bit back. Go four rounds, win a Stanley Cup, now you're going to make some money. So that's my Well, and, 
there's no cast for the for you know no fans in the seats to watch postseason hockey. If Tanner Pearson is hurt long term, which has kind of been hinted at by Elliot Friedman earlier this morning, uh, Sutter's the guy that you would expect is not here past trade deadline. You need somebody who wants him though, Hershey. It's easy to say. Yeah, no. you're, that's the tough part him, right? right now. Is is that with the guys that are available, don't expect the world. Yeah. For Sutter, you might get a pick. Um, you might get a you might get a bubble player back. No one's gonna no one's gonna give you uh you know Jack Eichel for Brandon Sutter. <laughs> um, so here's the thing though. Eventually, you have to give something to get something. So when I look at at St. Louis and what Doug Armstrong did and what he turned certain players into, he turned uh uh, uh Ber- Patrick Berglund, Sabatka, and another player into Ryan O'Reilly. Right, so Sabaka is actually was was a decent player. So was Patrick Berglund until he, you know, he has his issues. But you have to give something to get something. You can't just continue to hang. Like if you want to get, if you want to go out and get Jack Eichel, and I'm not saying that they are, and I'm not saying they want, but if you want to get an upper echelon player, you're going to have to give up a Brock Besser. You're going to have to give up a good player to get that back to make your team better. Um, so you can't hang on to. You can't just continually chip away getting third and fourth line players and expect to win a Stanley Cup. No, you have to make some bold moves. You have to you you have to give up something to get something. And until they start doing that, and maybe they're not in a position to do that yet though, right? So that's going to be up to uh, whoever's in charge. Um, but eventually they're going to have to start making some moves to get Hughes, Pedersen and Demko, which is going to be their core group. Uh, moving forward, and get, those guys should get a chance to win a Stanley Cup one day. They're that good. You have to build a team and give them a chance around them, and you're not going to do that by picking up VCs and Beagles and um, you know, and nothing against those guys. They're great players, and I love them, and, and you need them on your team, but if you're continually picking up those third and fourth liners and not adding first top six, um, you're just, you're just – you're in mediocrity for the for the forever right you're you're in purgatory forever so eventually they're gonna have to do something did you get your taxes done last night in our uh, certainly did yeah Yeah, i did (laughs) yeah i did yep tim hortons nicely done i support them that's a win thanks buddy you know when you go through your tax and you're like, really? I spent that much money at tim hortons oh my god i i you know it's funny the other so the other day uh not to give an endorsement here, but I did a Costco run for the first time in months. And guy at the counter is like, hey, do you want to upgrade your membership? And I'm like, I don't know. Do I really need to? And he said, well, you get money back and this and that. And we, oh, we can check to see how much you spend and see if it's worth your while. And quickly check. The guy like, well, you've spent over $4,000 in the last year. It's like, <laughs> you're like man, you're, you're just like over 4000 That's oh. just at Costco. That's never mind like the grocery oh. stores locally in town that you go to on the, you know, week to week. You're like, oh, that, yeah, that adds you, up. You hey. can't go through Costco and spend less than $300. Right? Like, it's impossible. Oh, hey. It was 600 the other day. Seaball, so, uh, yeah. share some of that toilet paper you bought, okay? <laughs> Hoarding version 2.0. Yeah. You're that guy I, that was selling was... it out of the back of his truck, aren't <laughs> hey, you? Hey, your man's got to feed his family somehow, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Hershey. Uh, Take care, man. There he is, uh, Corey Hirsch uh, here on Sportsnet 650, a presentation of Manifest, practical counseling that helps guys get a grip on life's challenges, improve your level of function. See manifest.me to get started on your end. It just just quickly, backstory. We had a uh, we marked one year to the day yesterday uh, of being all working from home here at Sportsnet 650, and so there was about 20 of us on this Zoom call 
having a yeah. beer and catching up with people we haven't seen in a long time. And uh, there's Hershey. He's got his Ben Franklin glasses on, working on his taxes as everybody's just telling stories about the good old days. Uh, Hershey can multitask, right? Yeah, we're we're all talking and catching up with everybody. And, and I think someone guessed, Hershey, you doing your taxes? He goes, actually, I am. So he's getting it down. He makes up an interesting point. We've been debating the goalie situation. I'm not surprised. And, and people texting in, listen to Hershey, he's played the position. Yeah, of course, he's wrong. But I'm not surprised he said that. Um, but here's what's interesting. I mean, you know, you got the three untouchables in, in Demko and Petey and, and Hughes. And, boy, Hershey's kind of been on it for a while at some point, whether it's Jim Benning or not. Does this, need, does this team need to pull that trigger? And Brock Besser, to me, he's turned into a great player. Bo Horvat, the captain. But do you have to move one of those guys to have that big earth-shattering trade to say – this is how we'll get to the next level by moving a big core piece that's been here for a while. Well, look, I just think that you've got to look at being realistic, right? Like last night, you know, the scoreboard watching did not help this team last night, right? You look at the North Division pair, would you agree? Like the Oilers picking up that well, win, that's an eight-point gap now with the same amount of games played. You know, that that makes it really tough to try to reel in the Oilers with eight points now, 23 games to go. And Montreal, you look at, and from an optimism standpoint, you're like, you're only two points back. But, man, factor in, like, there's still eight more points that are out there for the Habs to go and go fishing for, you know, when the Canucks take that break next week. You know, well, it's Habs just got the, the Oilers three times, going. James. The Habs got the Oilers three times next week. So yeah, I, I and, and how did Montreal you, you, do? You, and how did Montreal do against Edmonton earlier this year? Right, like I mean, those could easily be three-point games in some of those nights. Hey, I'm not being foolish, and people texting in, and I think Dell said, "Hey, by the end of this March, when they've games in hand have been made up, it's going to look ugly." You know, we're talking about taxes. You really have to erase a lot of numbers to see how possibly this could work out for the Canucks, and so many things have to fall into place. One of them is which they have to play at the rate of success they have been. And I don't, I'm not sure they can continue or she didn't want to go there, but you go, is that really sustainable? But yeah, I, I, I just think, all right, you know, this hockey team still a long ways away. Do you make a massive move? And is it the trade deadline where you're going to do it? I don't think so. But if it's Jim Benning in the summer, do you look at a blockbuster deal to say, now we're going after it. We've got these three guys and some really valuable players that other teams with love in their lineup, let's let's finally roll the dice on a big trade to shake up our team. I don't know if that happens. Uh, just on a side note, uh, so the, the Canucks just picking up two wins against the Ottawa Senators, and uh, it sounds like Pierre Dorian was just on Ottawa radio here just a few minutes ago and said that uh, the wonderful story that started back on Sunday with Joey Decord uh, picks up that win against Over. the Leafs. Uh, looks like he's done for the year. Yeah. Looks like uh, he's out for the season. They're still waiting for the swelling to go down, but uh, yeah, doesn't look good for Joey Decord's season. Man, you look at some critical injuries, and and look, I mean, he was their third string guy who comes to the rescue and bails him out against the Leafs back on Sunday, which was a wonderful story and and just a great interview after the game. But Anders Lee, you touched on earlier this week. Um, mm-hmm. we, it's there's been some critical injuries. You know, Ben Sherratt, uh obviously done for the year in all likelihood for the Montreal Canadiens as well. Like that's. That's a big piece for the Habs. Um, you know, they're start- the injuries the list are starting would be to crack up. Yeah. yeah, I thought the list would be bigger, to be honest, that we've gone a long ways. And, hey, that's a lot of people saying the reason you don't play Thatcher Demko is simply that, like the risk you're putting at him. But 
Uh, with the punishment that these players have gone on, uh, I thought there would be more, and I'm sure there's more to come too, right? You, you're grinding it out. These games, especially from a Canucks perspective, mean so much. You give it your all. They'll miss Tanner Pearson for a while now. Uh, yeah, they're starting to mount up to some key guys, but that's a sad story. At least DeCourt had his moment, but you know when, when that occurred on Wednesday with no one being around him and him not getting up. Hey, the first person who knows when something's wrong is the athlete. It's like, yeah, no, this this isn't normal. I'm going to be out for a while. That's tough news in Ottawa. Uh, it is 23 minutes after 8 o'clock here on this uh, Friday morning. He's Perry Solkowski. I'm James Sabolski. It is the starting lineup here on Sportsnet 650. I want to turn it over to you guys, uh, to you, the listener. Hey, look, 650-650 is the Dunbar Lumber text line. Always welcome the discussions. Let's open up the phone lines as well at 604-280-0650. Sure. 604-280-0650. Where, where do you, how would you approach this tonight? Would you ride on Demko? Do you buy into what Corey's logic is? Or do you give Braden Holpe a, a, a shot here and say, okay, hey, man, it's time to give this guy a shot here because you know you signed him for a reason. You know, you got to balance out the minutes here for Thatcher Demko. And here's the other thing. Do you believe right now? Like, do you have that hope and optimism? Or do you believe that this is fool's gold? Or is this a real playoff run here for the Canucks having taken seven of their last nine? 604-280-0650 is the number to call. Love to hear from you. We'll open up the phone lines and we'll kick it around with you guys and uh, you can tell us what you can tell us what's right and what's wrong and where it's all about here uh here on SportsNet 650 and hey listen, uh golf season. I mean, if you're a loyal golfer, you've been golfing all winter long and it's been a pretty good winter all things considered, but you can get great Vancouver golf for less. Go to discountgolfcard.ca for all the details and to order your Vancouver Discount Golf Card today. Your call's next, right here on your home of the Canucks. It's game day on Sportsnet 650. Welcome to the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on the official home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. 8.30, game day in the city. Puck drops seven and a half hours from now, four o'clock here on Sportsnet 650. We're 45 minutes away from the first game in the real March Madness. He had the first four last night. Actually, a really good game uh, went to overtime between UCLA and Michigan State last night. But the first, uh, first real tournament madness starts uh, later on today with Florida and Virginia Tech coming up in about 45 minutes there, Pairs. So it's all set to go. Not a... Yeah, not a bad weekend to be hanging out in front of the TV. Uh, not like we've been able to go anywhere in the last 52 weeks, but yeah, we're here except for March Madness. Do you ever run to that song? Do you ever run to I have. a little YouTube? Yeah, I, 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 I haven't. Yeah, I thought it was. I always thought it was like, man, it seems like such a slow burn. But man, oh. I'll tell you, after about four years when I first covered uh, the Canucks here in the early 2000s, it totally it became a running to, running song after a while. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I never have, and I thought, geez, I don't know how lethargic I'm feeling. And if all of a sudden that's in the earphones, I'd uh, I'd pick up the pace. Good to go. Let's sound off a little bit at 650 with some callers here. Yeah, 650, uh, 604-280-0650 is the number to call, taking your calls and where you're at with this Canucks team right now, having won seven of their last nine, six of the last seven. We start with Dave in Vancouver, who's uh, who's riding with his son Sam right now. Not the son of Sam, right, Dave? Oh. No, not the son of Sam. Just my son, Sam. Just How's your going, son. James? How's it going, Hi, Perry? Sam. I'm good. I'm good. good. Where are you at with this team? We are. Uh, we are. We can't believe that there's a question about bringing uh, 
bringing Hopi back in and, and letting Demko have a rest. You know, we got to ride the hot goalie. I think we think Demko's, you know, won the starting spot, and I think Hopi's just a, a backup from here on out. You don't worry about him getting tired or hurt if you play him for the next four? Well, I don't, you know, he's a young goalie, 25. I think if there's any goalie you want to ride on a streak, you want a younger one like Demko, and he's really showing, he hasn't showed any sign of fatigue yet. If anything, he looks better going on each game. So if I were to, if I were to worry about anyone fatigue, I'd be, you know, hopey if we were running with him. So, and he's, yeah. he's rested up now. But I think Demko is just, he's been the sole reason for us winning these games almost. So you kind of have to run with them right now. See, if we were riding in the car together, James, Sam and Dave and I, we'd all get along. You wouldn't belong. Thanks, guys. <laughs> all riding shotgun together. I like it. Thanks, boys. You guys stay safe out there. Uh, 604-280-0650. Uh, the Dunbar Lumber text line also hopping as well at 650-650. Jeff saying, does it really matter? The season's almost over. Let Demko cook, throw Benning in the garbage, sell the team with someone with deep pockets. Yes. So there's Jeff just offering a little bit Jeff of everything. Got, yeah, Jeff is just it's – Jeff, it's Friday, man. Come on, season's over. Sell the team. Screw the rain. It's not spring. Damn this virus. Jeff but, he's kind, but, but Perry's kind of subscribing to the logic you're suggesting. Like, let Demko cook. No, I, I'm not selling the team, and I'm not necessarily Benning is not in the garbage. Jeff went a little farther than I am, but I would play Thatcher Demko. I, and listen, you can't make the decision until we're done here. He's got Jake Allen at the other end tonight. Uh, I don't make the decision until the result, but if the result's a win, I'm asking Thatcher Demko, and I want him to play on Saturday. Okay, uh, this hour of the starting lineup, a presentation of Surrey Honda. Visit Surrey Honda, located at 152nd and Fraser Highway, where you'll find quality and community. Back to the phones we go. Fathead Dave is cruising around. Good lads. Welcome How back, you doing? sir. I'm on, good. Dave? It's Friday. Oh, it's Friday. you got to go with Demmer, man. Hope he's got no confidence. Go with Demmer. And if we don't win these two games, I mean four points clear, no loser points, we're done anyway. So... It's game 81 and 82, win and you're in kind of thing scenario for me. I mean, that's what I think. Anyway, have a good day, boys. Thanks for taking the call. Thanks, Fathead Dave. Appreciate that. And you know what? Like, you know, the sense of urgency is there, right? Like, there's the, the team that you're trying right now most desperately to catch, at least in the standings, is it's Montreal right there. And, you know, from a confidence standpoint, Pear, I think Thatcher Demko makes everybody probably about an inch or two taller in that lineup in front of him. Just the way he's the way he's playing, right? You got that sort of. We got a goalie that gives us a chance to go out and win. And what does that mindset look like for Braden Holpe right now? That he's got a great resume, but not so much here in Vancouver. Uh, Ed Jovanovski has spoke to us. He joins us every Wednesday morning. But really, Jovo, is there a kind of murmur in the room if you see a different guy in goal? And that is nothing to disrespect Braden Holpe. And Corey Hurst said, hey, he's a Vesna guy. He's a Stanley Cup champ. But right now, this team thinks they can win with Thatcher Demko. They think one goal is enough. And to Fathead Dave's point, you know, James, you and I talked about it yesterday. For the first time, we had a clip from a Canucks player that mentioned a big game, that mentioned the standings. And Brock Besser said... This is what it's all about. You wonder who to cheer for. You cheer for your Canucks for the next two nights, and then you become a massive Edmonton Oilers fan because those games in hand, they'll be played against the Edmonton Oilers in a sense. So uh, I, I agree with them. I, I think the season's on the line. If you're 0 for 2 in the next 48 hours, uh, you know this, this minuscule thread we're hanging on to 
it's pretty much done for the year in a playoff hope. Uh, Steely Jim on the Dunbar Lumber text line at 650-650 uh, suggesting ride Demko. We have a week off coming up. Save a horse, boys. I'm not sure if Steely Jim is related to – uh, Steely Dan, but nevertheless, we go back to the phones at 604-280-0650. Cody from North Van. Cody, you're on Sportsnet hey. 650. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Jen? Excellent. It's Friday. Hey, Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say that I think everyone needs to look at this uh, upcoming four-game stretch as, uh, you know, a, a three-and-one. You know, I can't see us winning all four. Uh, we need to at least try and hold me for one of the back-to-backs. There's no point burning out Demko. Markstrom went, what, 15 in, in 16 games? God hurt. Do we really want to risk that with Demko? I can't see it being worth it. Burn the one game, burn it tonight, and then pick up from there. Hey, guys. I like it. That's good perspective right there, right? Like, not Look, in a perfect world, would you love to see the sweep and go four for four here before the break? Sure. In a perfect world, yeah. Why not, right? But, But I think if you can have that sort of – Temper your expectations, right? Like, this team has basically done the two out of three, two out of three over the last nine games. In fact, in fact they're actually ahead of schedule on that right now, Pear. Uh, Cody, I'll buy the three and one. But, man, I am not burning Holtby tonight. I am not taking a guy that is red fire right now, can stop everything, and telling him he's watching and getting set to go up against Carey Price on a big hockey night in Canada game. Man, without a doubt, Thatcher Demko plays tonight. I could see it. Give Holtby one when you get to Winnipeg or when Winnipeg comes here. But, man, guaranteed I'm playing Demko tonight. Just look at the traffic and the shots that Demko has faced over the last four straight games pair, and that's where I wonder if the extra day might benefit the uh, you know Demko better tonight. Then you can use him on Hockey Night in Canada Way more eyeballs on that game. I, I, you know, it's funny. Well, who cares? I, no, I do think I do think it matters. I think it does matter from that a more people perception. are watching. Yeah. I, well, look, I, I think more people watching. There's more eyeballs, more scouts. There's more personnel. More people. For what? Man, I, what I are think you doing? it creates. I think Have it you creates started a drinking? No. I think games. it creates I, a narrative. Hey, if you're showing off, think about it this way, pair. If you are trying to potentially sell off assets, right? Do you want to put your best foot forward with more eyeballs or not? And I think if you you know this team will probably play better with Thatcher Demko in goal. I think that might I think that factors into something. Hey, look, more people watching, more people form their opinions and takes because of what they're watching, right? Like, how many times do you watch the Cincinnati Bengals over the course of the season in the NFL? Maybe once, maybe twice, but that that essentially forms your opinion of what you've seen from a team. When you watch them, and the Canucks are going to be on national television tomorrow, I think that matters. Yeah, the, you know, the only person and the only team that thinks, okay, well, it'll be Saturday night, more people will watch it. That's maybe how the Buffalo Sabres scout. Everybody else knows damn well what every player in the <laughs> NHL is, right? And, and and to quote Nate Schmidt, right, when this team was struggling, we need a little Frank the Tank. You know, we everybody loves to go on a streak; they're on one. You don't rupture that by saying, hey, how you feeling, Braden? You ready to go tonight? You play, and we'll play Thatcher tomorrow. You play Thatcher Demko tonight for sure. You try and keep the momentum going. Uh, a few other, uh, you know what, uh, Q in Coquitlam, uh, running a guy like Demko until the tires are bare is how you ruin careers. Holtby's oh. had a good career against the Habs, and eventually you have to keep him warm in case Demko gets injured. One and one is a league-accepted way to handle back-to-backs. Don't know why it's a question. Well, because of where the team is. And my goodness, you know what would Bieksa tell us when we talked about back-to-backs from a player perspective and not a goalie? He said, 
you know what? Get in shape. Be like Alex Edler. Because I've got no time for guys who whine about playing back-to-back hockey games. He says they're playing a game. It's not that difficult. You should be in shape. Granted, different, a goalie, the equipment. And as Hershey said, mentally is when Thatcher Demko may be fatigued because he's got to be ready for 44 shots. But I just don't think burning out a 25-year-old who's played 60-plus games in the NHL, you're you're not worried about a 33-year-old who's got miles on him. I don't think that's a concern. Uh, you got to build momentum. Start Demko tonight. If we lose, start Holtby next game. That's another text. Uh, Jason and East Van, Demko or bust is what his approach is on the Dunbar Lumber text line. Uh, Jeff Petrie just spoke moments ago here for the Montreal Canadiens. The Canucks actually just taking to the ice at the Bell Centre for their morning skate this morning. We'll hear from Travis Green coming up just after 9 o'clock on the Scott Rintoul Show. But here's what Jeff Petrie had to say about looking ahead to tonight's matchup against the Canucks. If you're you're sitting in their in their position, you can see that they're like you said, the games in hand, but uh, um, you know striking distance away. And I mean, we have to look at at the at the reverse side of things where we want to um, you know extend that and um, and extend that and make it a bigger gap to to overcome. And you know every you know playing the same teams over and over, um, you know their their four point swing. So we have to make sure that. Uh, um, that we're ready to and have the mindset of, uh, you know, not, not allowing them to, to catch us or jump, jump us, uh, in this, in this series. So, um, you know, this is a big, big two games and, um, you know, we have to focus on tonight and make sure that we, we, uh, you know, put a doubt in their, in their head, uh, you know, from the, the start of the start of the game all the way through and have that carry over to tomorrow. I think he understands the mindset. You got a chance to uh, maybe, you know, if you take care of business against the Canucks these next four, you know, 24, 48 hours here, pair, you know, you got a chance to kind of forget about the Canucks after this, right? If the Habs take the these leg. two, you're kind of done. Yeah, exactly. Finish him! Right. Little Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly it. We sit here and talk purely from a Vancouver perspective, but the, the Montreal Canadiens look at the games in hand and look what's in front of them and go, by Saturday night, these guys are done and dusted. Uh, that's very true. And, uh, you know, there's two teams going at it. We talked to Brian Wild, who's a Montreal reporter. And, and honestly, he was talking negative about this hockey team, that they will go as far as the young guys in center ice go. And that's Kokanemi and, and Suzuki. And if they're not playing well, it goes, this team doesn't play well. We'll see. The, you know, the one thing for them in the last month, Carey Price has been back. His save percentage is back. He's been the guy they expect him to be. But they get Jake Allen tonight, so we'll see if the Canucks take advantage of that. Uh, a lot of people jumping in here at 650-650 on the Dunbar Lumber text line. We'll get to more of your texts and some final thoughts before we turn things over to the Scott Rintoul Show next right here on your home of the Canucks, Sportsnet 650. Obviously, we played them uh, on this past road trip, and uh, they played a lot better than we did at the start of the season. So they, uh, they've been playing well as of late, and like you said, they're – they're, they're right in the hunt with everybody here, and we have to be ready to play and, um, you know, take care of business here. This is the starting lineup with James Sabolski and Perry Solkowski on Sportsnet 650. Former Montreal, or former Vancouver Canuck, right, turned uh, Montreal Canadian. Tyler DeFoley looking ahead to tonight's game at the Bell Centre as the Canucks and the Habs renew hostilities. The final two games uh, on, the, on the schedule for this season, uh, games eight and nine. Uh, puck drop 
this afternoon, 4 o'clock here on Sportsnet 650. A reminder that the Sour presentation of Surrey Honda. Visit Surrey Honda located at 152nd and Fraser Highway where you'll find quality and community pair. A lot of people on this, uh, very passionate about this. Uh, a lot of ride Demco, a lot of play Holpe. Uh, some people are like, hey, look, man, it's simple math. And other people are just simply, hey, do or die here. Well, you know, and someone's saying, hey, you, you play Holpe tonight, and then you've got with the game spaced out, you can play the final three before the break. That can be Demko. I'm not going that way because I don't want to risk the opportunity. And, James, if you win tonight, uh, that decision, if you're going to go with Holpe, is a little easier because you kind of got house money. You don't want to split, but you'll take a split against the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but I would play Demko. It was our poll question today. A thousand people in on this. Who do you play? Uh, 59% say Holpe gets one of these games. Uh, do the math. 41 saying Demko should play both. I am in the lower percentile saying, yeah, I would play Thatcher Demko on both. Unless he uh, loses, of course, the one. Jay and Lady Smith, uh, while I do think that Demmer needs a rest and Holpe needs a game, I just can't do it with the Habs. Ride Thatcher tonight and tomorrow. Start Braden in Winnipeg. Uh, Vance in the loops. It's ridiculous how many people are crying over playing Holpe. Guy's a stud. Vesna Cup winner. Well, the team doesn't play wow. in front of him at all. The team themselves don't have the confidence in him, and neither do I until he can save a game for us. That's Vance in the loop. So, there's uh, more love for Thatcher Demko right there. Uh, another one, De- give Demko the start. If he plays unreal, gets the win, then Travis Green, Ian Clark, and Demko have a meeting tomorrow, discuss if he should play again. And I would say Ian Clark has the final decision because Demko will obviously want to play. Don't forget, sign your texts out there, people, at 650-650. Yeah, John's saying there's no way you don't play Demko. He's the hottest goalie in the league. Silly if you would sit him. Make that decision about Saturday. On Saturday, 25-year-old can go back-to-back. Uh, he can do that. I, I completely agree with where John is. You make a decision Saturday morning. Uh, I, I thought Demko would have a play in that decision. According to Corey Hirsch, that decision, if he wins, will not be made by Demko. It's normally made by a coach and a, a goalie coach. But, hey, get to that. Get a win. Keep this going. Make it interesting and see what the decision is. But to me, if you've got the best goalie in the world right now and he plays like that again tonight, You'd be foolish not to say try it one more time for us on Saturday. Uh, two biggest games of the year. Have to play your best players. Are you going to play Erickson instead of JT Miller? No. Go with Thatcher Demko. And uh, another one in here. Uh, once again, James, you are making no sense at all this morning. That courtesy of Rick in Richmond. No, I, listen, I think there's a lot of people who are on your side saying, listen, this isn't even an argument. Brian and Coquitlam, back-to-back, you always split. What are you new? No, guess what? But sometimes you change the philosophy, Brian, and we're not talking about a guy who's playing good. You've got a guy who's exceptional right now, doing things and putting up numbers that you haven't seen. So why would you stray away from him just because you think he's tired? If he's not tired, you keep on playing. Watch them get blown out 5 nothing tonight. <laughs> this will have nothing to do with it. Uh, Dellen Surrey, Demko is number one, deserves the limelight of Hockey Night in Canada. Tonight is the night for Holtby, so there you go on that one. Uh, hey, bef- hey, before we kind of wrap things up, Pear, I-, I just want to – can I share a quick little story here just in closing? And, and you bet. Maybe it, maybe it relates to some people from a coaching or a, a mentor standpoint or not, but earlier this week, uh, my broadcast instructor when I was in college, Norm Wright, passed away at the age of 82. Now, Norm was – old school he had the voice this guy had like a jug of coffee in his hand at all times and generally a dart in the other 
But I was about six weeks into the program, my first year at the at the college, and I'm about 18 at the time. And we had to record commercials, and you know, it was basically you had to voice a 30 second ad, and then put some music under it, and then you know, transfer it to what was called a cart player, and you'd hand in this tape for him to kind of critique. And it was kind of late in the day, and I was probably a little cocky at the time because I was doing some community television stuff, so felt like I, you know, had a bit of a rub, and I. I played the tape for him, and he sat there, and after the 30-second ad ran, he looked at me and he said, Sabolski, and I'm going to try to PG-13 this. He's like, you've been here for six damn weeks, and you haven't learned a freaking thing. It's not ta, it's two. It's not yeah, it's you. If you come like this next week, don't come at all. Don't waste my freaking time. And the only thing that stopped me from bawling my eyes out probably right there, Pear, was the fact that there were like four other classmates that were waiting to get their their a-holes yeah. torn essentially as well. And But I'll tell you, but for me, as, as, as hard as that was to hear at the time, man, that turned out to be the best thing ever because it kicked me in the ass and it forced me to kind of pull up my socks and take things seriously. And I think like nowadays, I don't know if you could get away with that as a professor or a teacher now or even a coach for that matter. But man, sometimes tough love, whether it's a coach or a teacher or a mentor, is exactly what some of us need. Yeah. Oh, hey, they're going through it in Calgary. Now, my question is this. Yeah. You know, you, you've been able to carve out a living in this in this industry, which isn't easy. Did you ever uh, see that professor again after you had, you know, put some paychecks in the bank from doing this? No, I moved far away. <laughs> oh. <laughs> see, you needed to. I wanted that. You know what? I spoke to him four years ago, no. and it was great. But no, and like, you know what? He life. hated sports. He hated sports, so he probably he gave, he gave zero <laughs> cares about what I was doing. What are you What are you working for? What is it? Pucknet or uh, what are you doing? Yeah, great. Yeah. Whatever. Um, hey, listen, uh, we got to get out of here. It is game day here on Sportsnet 650. Scotty's got much more in the Scott Rent Tool Show coming up uh, at the top of the clock. Stay safe, everybody, and we're back at it. Same bat time, same bat channel on Monday here on your home of the Canucks. It's game day on Sportsnet 650. They're going home. They're going home. Yeah, they're going home.